just want one game. I don't know why. I bought a PS5 with no games to buy. Keep that in mind. They designed this drive to improve loading times. That's all I know. The console exclusives are key. Watch it fly by as opposed to PC. Lose exclusives at the end of the gen. I have no game to play. It's so unfair. Didn't look out below. Throw my console right out the window. Try to hold on, but I didn't even know. Wasted it the adults to watch movies. Spent all my time inside of my old games tied. All I got is thought, just like the PS3. It's reminding me of a memory of a time when I, I cried, cried so hard for what I do. Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, being joined as always with co-host Destin Soul Glow Frazier. You know you ain't shit, right? <laughs> what? What happened? Strange, right? I've got very talented. Very talented musicians out there. I gotta link you guys to that. I literally just stumbled across it. It's wonderful, right? That's the greatest opening ever. Unbelievable. I'll drop the links in the chat room and across all our social media in a little bit. We're still getting settled in here. I gotta say, man, getting rid of the Yeti and the uh, that whole setup. I know I keep emphasizing this on a lot of streams, but having the boom arm I could swing in front of, just having a more sophisticated mic. Rest in peace, Yeti, but come on, it was still 2014, but so much easier to just get in here and get off when I need to without having to really adjust or switch anything. Yeah. And I definitely aren't putting us through as many filters. The sound is more natural without anything getting screwed up. I want to talk too much about the technical stuff in the opening. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. What is wrong with you, Rick? Anyway, shout out to everybody across the airwaves listening to us over on the Podcatcher apps and podcast apps, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, and all of the others, as well as the video feeds at twitch.tv slash talkmunch and facebook.com slash talkmunch. And of course, talkmunch.com. And we'll shout out the individuals at the end, as always. So much has happened. I don't want to really spoil it, but uh, there's definitely a Rick's rant tonight, and it wasn't planned. That's why I didn't announce it. I, I got hot. I went from being annoyed by something to getting hot, and that doesn't normally happen, and I didn't even expect it. But I'll just explore what the topic will be. I've just been, I just really started looking into all of this Peacock stuff that's going on with the network. And there was a breaking oh, yeah. point. We'll talk about it later on, but there was a breaking point. I have a lot to say. My decision about this whole thing, it couldn't be more clear at this point where I'm going. <laughs> you know, so I, that, I think I finally, I finally been broken. And so I'm going to, I can't even open with it. I want to make sure people get in here, whoever needs to listen, let's just chill out for a little bit, you know, cause that <laughs> moving along. That's just a trailer of things to come. 
you don't know how much restraint it took to contain a lot of the stuff <laughs> I got to say, man. Like, I never thought I would be in that situation. Holy shit. All right, what do we got here? Hmm. I don't know what I want to start with for once. Can you believe that? Aha, uh-huh, I got something. Did you hear about the uh, the Rock, the way he announced the release date for that Black Adam movie? I didn't. Yeah, he announced it in Ooh. my neck of the woods. I was wondering what was going to happen. But uh, I'll show you and I'll link you guys on social media here. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. I wonder who who that doesn't keep up with comic books that would scare the shit out of. Right. <laughs> everything with comic books they think we're gonna die. Everything turns to a lightning bolt logo and you hear Dwayne Johnson's voice from the heavens in Times Square. I told y'all about watching that wrestle and the rock is coming to kill us. That's dangerous too, because I've always told people if anything bad's gonna happen, it's gonna be in Times Square. Like you would go for the heart if you were trying to kill something, and it's like I kind of feel, and I'm not being cocky when I say it, but I, Times Square just visibly is not just the center of New York that happens to be the center of the United States, and the United States happens to be practically the center of the universe, center of the Earth at least, when you really look at it. It's like literally the bullseye of a target. So if there was going to be some Black Adam shit that would really happen, it would probably happen in Times Square. And if you don't know who Black Adam was, you would think that that's it. This is it. The rapture. <laughs> We thought it was Jesus. No, it's Black Adam. The freaking rapture. <laughs> Let me get that up there for you guys. Yeah, The Rock has a lot of stuff going on, huh? I never thought that I would be talking about all the stuff. But yes, July 29th, 2022. I have no faith in it because it's a DC movie. It has nothing to do with The Rock. But DC hasn't. I don't know if they've had a good movie, have they? Oh, God. I couldn't tell you the last one they've had. Like, I I know they have that Snyder cut of the Justice League, but I just heard that it's long and it's a little better, but it's still bad, which wouldn't surprise me. Some people like Wonder Woman, but I kind of feel like the other movies were just so terrible that Wonder Woman became, like, just a relief. And when you go back and look at Wonder Woman, we're lying to ourselves. Because go back and really analyze that movie, and it's silly. It's a bit of a joke. You never even really see the things that you would want from, like, a good hero versus villain fight. The girl never even gets a scrape on her. She's never bruised, never has any blood. Not only that, like the stuff she's wearing never even so much as gets wrinkled. You notice that? I've never seen that before when I'm watching a comic yeah. movie before. Like nothing got wrinkled on her. Like not a tor- not a tear or anything. Usually if it's like, like imagine Goku, that whole, that red shit always gets torn off, right? And it's just like the blue exposed with the, with like the straps broken, like the whole, that's constant. And then that, and just, then that gets stripped away and one of the legs gets stripped. Like, And he's just shirtless and then one of the knees is completely torn. It's like, sometimes that's just sparring. It'll be like, hey, you know, just me and Vegeta sparring. He breaks apart like action figures. It's the break off pieces, like. You know, she fought like a god in that movie and like her stuff didn't get wrinkled. You know, that kind of bothers me. When you really think about that, try to go back and watch that movie and look at the fact that her clothes never get a wrinkle in them and tell me you can still enjoy it. I dare you. It'll bother you now that you know it'll happen. Most of the games we play, people's clothing gets more fucked up than in the Wonder Woman movie. That's just such, such an odd thing, you know? You don't really think about or appreciate it, but that's the, that, and that's the best. Again, I digress. That's the best of DC. You know, the Billy Mays Wonder Woman fucking outfit. <laughs> but while we're talking movie roles, there is one person. I didn't think I was going to get to do this for a long time. You already know where it's going if you've been oh, here for a while. I'm so excited. 
there's one person who seems to be doing a whole bunch of movies. And his name is John Cena! We haven't used that in a while, right? I miss no, we haven't dusted that. We haven't dusted that button off in like two years. It's crazy because to think we're in a wrestling era where we look back now and like, man, I wish John Cena was here. Like he would fix it, everything. Ago, everybody was like, can't he just go away? Yeah, we were like, oh man, so much Cena. Cena sucks. Just everybody get him off the screen. Like, where the fuck is the Cena? Now we look for him like we look for Steve Rogers. It's like Cena will fix this if he's out there somewhere and he hears this. He's coming. <laughs> Cena's coming, but he isn't. That's what this next story is, how much he isn't. Because Fast Nine's coming out June 25th, which was already delayed a couple of times because of the circumstances in the world. He's going to be in Suicide Squad uh, 2, which comes out August 6th. He's going to be a Peacemaker, the character Peacemaker for DC. So DC's grabbing all of the, the wrestlers. And then the Peacemaker character is also going to be getting a spinoff TV series on HBO Max. So he'll be out there in Canada to be part of the main character of a spinoff from the Suicide Squad in a consistent TV show. And he's also going to be doing Vacation Friends, which is an R-rated comedy that's going to be released in theaters. And uh, Project Extraction uh, with Jackie Chan is going to be coming up and something that he's doing. This is in post-production. They shot it in 2018. The Jansen Directive. Uh, basically, uh, this was supposed to be The Rock's movie. But I guess they decided to cast Cena in the role that was going to be the rock. It's an ex-Navy SEAL for the government and the government agent who I'm not even going to read the rest. You know, you know I'm not even going to fucking read that. Like, I'm not going to patronize you reading that synopsis. As soon as I said it, you know what kind of movie it is. <laughs> Good Lord. He's become the rock, right? Translation, he ain't fucking with none of us. <laughs> I don't think he'll like, I know he said he would never do it, but the rock also said it. I I'm I'm venture to say he might not ever come back. You know what I mean? Even if he like not even on a money, like how would he? Where would where would he have the time to come back? Can you explain that to me? When the right. fuck would this guy come back? <laughs> He's gone. That's it. Bye. Appreciate him while you have him, guys. You learn your lesson. You know, be happy that Roman Reigns isn't great on the mic. It's better once he has great status. He'll take him into the movies. He'll be oh, the Dothraki in a Game of Thrones spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Why not? Cal Drago's back, motherfucker. Can you imagine that? Or Cal Drago's great, great, great grandfather, what was his name? Well, I don't even remember his name anymore. The other Drago he I talks about he all the time. You know, when he does, when he, when Cal Drago does his um, Dothraki promos about raping people, he brings up sometimes <laughs> the ancestors and shit. I was thinking if he could be an ancestor prequel, Roman Reigns. Oh my God. Peacock would love having a main character on their show that rapes people in HBO show. Peacock could eat a dick as long as I was there, but yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> That company, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it later on, but I know we said it before this was so WWE didn't have to take the blame. They're getting the blame too. Yeah, yeah everybody. I blame everybody. I'm just pointing fingers both, at this both, point. Both and what bothers me oh, is, is that it's a it's a shared blame. Oh yeah. You know, like you make a very good point. I didn't think about that yeah. until you said it. I always felt from the get go that this was just as much there. Like I was no, I went into this whole thing with the mentality of no, you're not going to be like, Oh, but it's on Peacock. No, it's, it's you. Yeah, Peacock is just guilty off. by association. Yeah, they really are. They really are. Yeah. You just reminding me, I just notated something. I'm going to talk about when we got this. Yes. I'm, I'm loading the show. I'm front loading the show while we're at the front of the fucking show. That's how we are loading up inventory with potions and bullets, bitch. This, <laughs> this is yeah. going to be magical. 
Yeah, I always try to segue around for the first half an hour. People feel that they don't realize that's deliberate. Like I'm not stumbling for stars. I'm just keeping the good shit behind. Imagine the main event of a wrestling show being in the beginning. I would suck. When it, when it comes to some of the qualities of their pay-per-views, that's usually the ones that be in the case. Yeah. Well, sometimes I would like them to do that nowadays. Just give us the first thing being the beginning and then, uh, we leave. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, like, I, like I know everything else is going to suck, so I just don't even bother watching. You already gave me the good shit. Yeah. You know, I got to say, man, as someone who went to a lot of live events and Raws and pay-per-views during the uh, CM Punk era, I didn't even look at it at the time. Almost like the way I talk about the Attitude Era here, like when you're in the area, you're not looking at it as this is a historical era that one day people will remember. I was just enjoying it, man. I got to slap hands with CM Punk and be part of that crowd and that community and how over everything was at the time and this new shit. It just felt like a new, refreshing era. You know what I mean? And even during that, it felt like a hassle. Just the process, I guess. You know, getting the tickets, getting online, making sure you're there early and getting all your shit right, getting in order. You know what I mean? I'm, maybe it sounds lazy. Maybe it's just my age showing, but I'm just saying activity wise, if you put to scale flipping on your TV and just seeing the, uh, the freaking da 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 and then it's like the raw starts and you're just sitting there in your fucking underwear eating a snack versus especially during December when it's cold, which is a lot of times it's going to things going out there in the damn cold to get online, to be outside with all of the people that don't use deodorant to get inside, to go to the arena, to watch raw and sit down and essentially watch superstars. Also, if you're in the mood for that, sure. The first couple of times that might be cool, but trust me after a few times of seeing superstars before raw, you might be as invested as you are when, when you have the option of clicking it on YouTube, you know? That becomes the, all right, let's get all of our snacks for the show so we don't have to leave ever again. Right. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm telling you guys that I've had these feelings during a good era. If if fans were back now, I couldn't even imagine today's fans, man. Like, I don't know if I could find the motivation if somebody gave me tickets. You know what I mean? To go out there. Only because it's summer, I'd probably, like, if it was December, there'd be no way. And I've gone to December shows. It wouldn't matter at all. I wouldn't care. There's no fucking way I'm going all the way out in the cold to Nassau Coliseum or MSG or even Barkley that's closer for Raw at this point. And it sucks to feel that way. I never thought there'd be a situation. I remember being happy if I got tickets to house shows just because you get to see everyone. They'd have to bribe me to go see a Raw because that's a, that's a commute. That's a commute. I don't know if I want to walk. I mean, you know, considering considering the fact that my very first live wrestling events was freaking I saw stuff like Rock Concert 2. I saw freaking Triple H versus Booker T in a rematch from Mania. And if they came, and if they had me, if somebody paid me to go to a show and it's like, OK, what's going to happen? Um, You're going to have Shane McMahon making fun of Braun because he's stupid. That's, I'd be like, you know what? No, keep keep keep, you, keep your money. You, keep your money. You literally you literally took the words that I was about to say, adding on to what you were saying, that it's sad that this generation, when they get older, they're gonna be telling their kids about the time that they were on the Thunderdome screen during uh Shane McMahon making fun of a fifth grade report card that Braun Strowman had. That's gonna be the storyline that they remembered and, and the Whereas experience I'm like, that man, they had. I remember that time I saw <laughs> and as much as I can't stand them, I can be like, Man, I remember that time I was in fifth the grade and i heard goldberg's pyro in person and my fucking feet shook so much for uh these kids getting off of fortnite in the future huh point, let's be real at this point it, it, that company's made me contemplate it 
<laughs> like, you because know, I just... guarantee I'd be more entertained shooting some nine year old who mom bought him like fifty thousand dollars worth of V Bucks than I would watching Shane McMahon make fun of Braun Strowman. It's just crazy to realize that the uh, that the the fans aren't even going to be there. It, it couldn't be better though. Like if there was ever an era for the fans not to be a part of, right? It would it would be this one. But it's just also so convenient for WWE because the booking over there sucks. And uh, and they're leaving that Tropicana field. Uh, and they're going to be going to that Youngling Center like we talked about. But uh, and they're going to be there for four months. And this is going to be starting uh, April 1st. Apparently, they're going to be double downing on a couple of SmackDown and Raw tapings so that there's stuff to have while they're doing this move. And uh, they'll be there for, you know, like I said, four months. And in that place, there's absolutely no fans allowed. So the WrestleMania thing is a special situation. This is going to be from April 1st to August 3rd. So anyone who had this idea that like, all right, because of WrestleMania, a few things here and there are opening, sure. But not enough for you to think it's permanent. That's like going to be a special event that it's going to be at 25% capacity. And then it's back to another Thunderdome where they're going to be controlling the screens. And that's the best that they're going to be able to do for now. And the reactions. And the reactions, unfortunately. But you're not going to be no, seeing that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if even when things go back to normal, they're like, no, let's keep it Thunderdome. Yeah, because they're they're going to be doing the Thunderdome for a while, you know. Because I'll I'll, I'll get into it when we talk about SmackDown, but um, they'll be able to be like, oh, yeah, that's totally a heel turn. Don't you hear the booze in the Thunderdome? Yeah, and I hate them doing that. And it's kind of funny because they're using the Thunderdome. It's already fully gone. Like, it's already assimilated into what the WWE bubble has. Not that the Thunderdome was ever hopeful. It's not like I ever came on here and said, this shit looks promising. But I'm just saying that it's officially I now. I can't remember what it was we were doing. I think we were game streaming or something. And the first night they were on, I flipped over and I was like, are you seeing this shit? It's garbage. Apparently... So this, they're going to have the Hall of Fame on April 6th. But what they did was, uh, the people who were in the Thunderdome this past Monday, they were, they were told by WWE to film themselves doing various reactions for the WWE Hall of Fame. They told them to do a video of them laughing, a video of them listening intently, a video of them cheering and a video of them applauding. So they probably have buttons they could hit, <laughs> similar to what we have here to bring shit up and down. And we're like just small class next to them. They probably just have buttons that they hit. And then everybody will suddenly be listening intently on the screens. Then they hit one for them to all pop. It's crazy now. It's fucking crazy what we're being fed. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's ridiculous. I'm completely, I think I'm completely disassociated, disconnected, and and just done with them. On like at least an emotional mental level, man. Like I still do the show and we still report the news. I couldn't be less disconnected from the fucking product at this point. The entire thing is a contrived piece of shit. Like there's not a single part of it left that has any soul. And I know that we've known about the Thunderdome, but that's just the icing on the cake. I just kind of feel like that was the extra mile in dishonesty. Like I always told you guys, I thought they would take previous reactions and then basically cue them up for later shit. But I just never even imagined them being so fucking blatant to just tell the fans, do me a favor, send in some videos of you guys popping and, and you know, looking really interested. Like, are you kidding me right now? See, You're spoon feeding me this bullshit. And that is the very reason why, if anybody who's been listening to the show lately, I give other shit a pass. That's why. It's it's just become. How have like, they been around this long? And then just like, nah, 
fuck it, lie to him. And I just can't enjoy it, man. I, 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 I'm, I fail to fucking enjoy it at this point. Things like that are just terrible. Like, just it's don't. It's bad because I can reach for some of the other stuff and find or read something to enjoy. I not only can't with them, I refuse anymore. Yeah. Which, I could watch Impact with no crowds. It might take me a while to figure mm-hmm. out something I might like, but damn it, I'll find something. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. I'm I'm just I'm at that point with you. You know, no I can't believe this place anymore. Let, let's admit this is the piece of shit, the multi million dollar piece of shit it is. And it's weird because there are little things that I that over this last week, not just from reporting and getting the news, but there are just little things about them now that I guess I don't know if I'm being overly sensitive, but the the more I come across these little things, they're little things that have wound up making me like wince in disgust. You know? Like for some reason today when like Raw came on and they were like, Oh, two weeks away to WrestleMania or whatever, I just remember thinking, Wow. Like, yeah, I, I was aware of it on somewhat of a conscious level, but I just never saw the thing that was like 67 days until WrestleMania or 65 days until WrestleMania. Up. They never did the thing. They don't give a fuck. They're two weeks away. And there, there was like not a countdown with the music. I don't even know what the song is. They don't really, usually by this point, you're so tired of hearing it from the countdown. I don't even know. Like the whole thing, the theme of it is just so crap, right? Dude, like they I really remember. just took that shit and threw it at the wall. They don't care at all. And we're supposed to Dude. come on here and give a fuck about that. I remember the first time I ever saw that particular countdown. It was WrestleMania 20. I remember thinking that when that thing was at 60 something days, it was never going to end. And then it got to a week, and I was like, holy shit, it's a week away. No, they're just like, oh, two <laughs> weeks away. And I'm like, it, it just sounds like two weeks until a special episode of Raw. Yeah, they, they don't even care. Because, spoilers, know. the TakeOver card looks a lot more like fucking WrestleMania than WrestleMania does right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we got to talk about it. Let's go into the Peacock stuff since we're already at that point. But okay. I want to first talk about what's happening here, the different stories that have been coming out. First, we found out from Hollywood Reporter that uh, NBC Universal's Peacock service is going to be going over all 17,000 hours of the WWE content to make sure that it aligns with Peacock standards and practices. And they're notifying WWE of every change that's being made. Which I'm going to start off by saying that I would think that the people paying for the service should be notified of every change being made. There should be a notification in any pay-per-view that you click on that this has been altered and what has been altered or something. We should have a way to know. And it it also bothers me that instead of removing content, that they can't just put a warning in front of certain content. Warning, this episode contains content that maybe trigger this or that or anything like the fact that it has to be removed is a little bit much but we'll get further into that because peacock is hiring people that goes to show how rushed this move is they're hiring people nbc universal is hiring people if you're not in new york forget about it because this is in the city but they're looking for people in the city uh to start doing all of this shit you know they're looking for uh a marketing and strategy, the, the, the marketing strategy department is looking for a Peacock WWE supervising producer, a network Peacock director of brand marketing, and a network Peacock manager of brand marketing. They're also looking for a platform editorial uh, for the Peacock product department. So uh, these are all New York City-based jobs because obviously NBC is in Manhattan, but they don't have all of this shit in place. They're going to be hiring and training people to do the shit that they're saying is going to be done soon, you know? And... uh. 
there's a lot of stuff they're not telling us. As much as we've had to uncover on our own, doesn't even begin to scrape the ice on how much more shit must be going on. Because the bumps, uh, Dan Volmayer, he tweeted out something, um, in regards to what he had on Peacock. When he went back into his Peacock service, uh, Underneath WWE Fastlane, there was like a warning that says you only have one day left to view this on this platform. And it was like, why this Fastlane, the pay-per-view that just passed, have a thing that says you have one day remaining? Where the fuck is the pay-per-view that just ended that's on Peacock going after one day? And the guy tweeted. He didn't get a response yet. But he said, hi, Peacock. Looks like I only have one day left with the most recent WWE pay-per-view. What happens in one day? Does Fastlane 2021 disappear? Or does it graduate on to become Fastlane Season 6, Episode 1, and will be live there? Thanks for your help. And that's a good question. Why does it say under the Fastlane for the Peacock people that you got one day left? I want to hear. Somebody tell me tomorrow what happened, please, because I'm not going to buy that shit. Tell me what happened to your one day left as the Fastlane. Are you telling me the pay-per-views disappear but it'll show back up when we fine-tuned everything on peacock oh yeah is that how it works right right i you know after you've already uh-huh. paid them twice for the shit some of you have been paying for since it fucking started right i, I and, does, and, and okay. by the way just saying still no um reward for hey sticking with this bullshit since day one all i'm saying is there's people right now, they're still playing GTA 5. They get a million dollars every month for still supporting the game. Okay. Yeah. So, Roddy Piper's WrestleMania 6 match against Bad News Brown was removed because this was the match where Piper painted himself half black to mock uh, Bad News Brown. It was sort of like a race thing, which wasn't very poor taste, and it's not good. It's shitty that that even happened. But nonetheless, it did. You know what I mean? It's like there should just be a warning. And I don't care about ever seeing it again. But that's just like the beginning of like who exactly is the one that they decide this kind of shit with. I didn't mean to make that be as loud as it is. I was just looking to see the uh, get see if we could get a shot of him. So this is the thing that they were worried about here. Which they no longer have on there because he was it was like a racist thing that he was doing. You know, he was being a racist heel. I mean, at the time, it isn't bad taste, you know, so I get it. And we don't even need to see it or uh, worry about it. But I just don't like that control that they're having over things. So that's one example of something that's being removed from there. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, Vince McMahon. You know, that segment with him and Booker T, the ninja segment. Wasn't that him? That was him and Cena, too. That was, was even worse. Yeah, it was him and Cena and Booker T was in the background. It was like it made even less sense, like. Yeah, another bad one. I mean, I can give two thumbs up there. For uh, yeah, but sure. that's what the thumbs okay, up yeah. about the Star Kitties. Well, it's not even just that. It's just that the problem becomes that they're gonna probably start doing it with a lot of things. Like we're hearing that there's a lot of raws that aren't gonna be there. That there are things that they don't like. You know what I mean? Like we're just hearing overall that there's just gonna be a lot of stuff that they're not going to be all right with as far as having on the network. Because they want to be family friendly. Imagine all that content that they're going to go through that's not going to be family friendly. You know? They said basically a lot of the roles from the past. And it's not just Raw. I mean, the service does it to all of the Saturday Night Live episodes. So don't think that they're cherry picking because this is wrestling. The SNL that's on there has all been cut to hell. And I know for a fact that the SNL that was on Hulu before that was cut. Because I would look for bits that I know for a fact were on certain episodes and they were gone. So this is just what they do. Um, that's just what they do. WWE 
Uh, did they have a statement here? Let's see. They basically, the official response was Peacock and WWE reviewing all past content to ensure it fits our 2021 standards. Of course. Oh, if that's the case, you might as well not have anything on there. I'm, I mean, they don't. Don't even they have really, the intro. They, they don't. Fuck it. Just, just wipe everything out. Just when you, when it goes to Monday Night Raw, just black screen, nothing. Oh, wait, you can't even have that because they'd be looking to get offended. Yeah. Now, anyone who's thinking of going to the WWE Network for your last couple of days, I mean, that's a natural thought. You know, go back and suck in all the content while you can, and that is something that you have the option to do. Except the content that Peacock's editing. Because believe it or not, when they edit it on Peacock, it's being mirrored on the WWE Network that you have right now. So the Piper shit is gone from the current WWE Network, including anything else that's been edited. So you already have your edited WWE Network so right now. So time to whip out those VHS tapes, guys. It, it... <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet about that, and I can't remember what it said, but it was like, I've never been so happy to have my VHSs and DVDs in my life. And I was like, yeah, you fucking ain't right, yeah. But here's where we get into my problem. Any company that makes people say, I'm glad to break out my VHS, I can't give fucking money to. <laughs> if If something a company does makes me say, if a gaming company did something that makes me say, good thing I still have my Atari 2600, fuck that gaming company. I'll never deal with it. You should never be grateful in 2021 to have an Atari. <laughs> you shouldn't be grateful to have your original Xbox in 2020 fucking one. Oh, man. I left my bang in the freezer. That's how hot I am. I'm pissed now. It's probably frozen. <laughs> I meant to grab it when we got to this segment, and I fucking forgot. I'll stall time if you need to go get it. Fucking, I'm just... <laughs> Stasis went to I grab it. Shit, I gotta say about this too. Yeah, no. I, I, I do. It does drive me crazy that they're doing this. And I don't like the short amount of notice. And clearly, it's this has become rushed. It's literally this, another tick on the fucking Rolodex of bullshit I have brought up with this company. <laughs> the Rolodex of bullshit. Is no, it yeah, ice? Is it ice? It's not Man, ice. That's how, that's, how, that's how chemically induced these energy drinks are all that time. And it's not ice. And I have a good freezer too. I put it in water over when I, during the countdown, during the two minute countdown, it's like almost freaking 50 minutes in. That's wild. Now, let's get into this. Listen, first of all, I got to talk about the business as a whole. This is just my opinion. I know some people are going to disagree. For me, wrestling has become a chore to watch. I almost don't enjoy it 99% of the time. And it's not just WWE. It's mostly them. Of course, mostly them. Let me sip this real quick. Truthfully, because they're on the most. So it's like by default, even if it wasn't with the bullshit. Just they, 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 they kind of naturally fit into that because they're on a thousand times a week. But that being said, I feel the market is saturated. And everyone is so focused on getting quantity content versus quality that nothing ever feels substantial. Nothing is ever truly exciting or engaging in any way. Everything has an assembly line feel to it. Most of the time that we watch wrestling over here when we're at home, we don't. That's the God's honest truth. You know how we do it? We usually watch it on the go on our mobile. And it's not because we're so busy that we have no other choice to watch things on the mobile. The psychology of it is that if we can watch this when we're on the go and traveling and doing other things, when we're home, we don't have to waste our beautiful giant screen on bullshit and nonsense. I'd rather watch something on Netflix like Cobra Kai or Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney or anything 
But we try to knock that shit out of the box like it's homework. You know those kids that come home on Friday and do all their homework so they don't have to worry Sunday night about that shit? That's us with wrestling at this point because that's how fucking awful it is. And I'm not just calling out WWE for this. I'm calling out all of the organizations collectively. Not at least there's this one or at least there's that one. No, you have all shit the bed in one way or another. It is really fucking becoming terrible. As someone who has watched for like three decades, this is fucking awful. The only and and the only people remaining that are genuinely getting any pleasure out of this because we're all watching it for one reason or another whether you have a podcast whether you're professionally covering whether you're media whatever but the only people remaining that are genuinely getting any pleasure out of this don't have any other hobbies don't have a lot of friends don't get laid very frequently don't go out regularly and don't really have a very fucking high iq the people that i see on social media that are defending the shit that are talking about it are, are all like in barns and in the backwoods of places where saiyans usually land to start their fucking invasions none of them are in cities or anywhere that we know they're all people who have basically fucked their sisters and other siblings it's crazy the ones that are remaining that are supporting the shit that don't blatantly see the nonsense lazy shitty booking and bad writing that are being fed down our fucking throats that's all out there you have to know when to acknowledge that things are shitty even if you're passionate about them wrestling as a whole collectively sucks with a few good moments here and there it used to be that you talk about the whole product and your and, and all the cool shit now it's like you look for the cool product and a whole pile of shit you know, it's it's no longer who this was cool. You know, now it's like the, it was shitty, but at least this was good, or at least this one fucking thing over here wasn't bullshit. If I haven't been spoiling you enough already, as far as the outcome, I will not be subscribing to the WWE Network on Peacock. They can suck my Peacock. You are censoring wrestling footage. I'm not going to give you money that contributes to combing through historical wrestling footage and deleting it. Do you hear what you're fucking asking me? I'm going to give you my writing it down. Suck my peacock. I'm going to give you my money to contribute to a fucking company that's going to go through the wrestling footage and delete it. I cannot give money. I don't care about that. I don't fucking care. I'm not giving money to people to do that. The censorship shit has gone too far. If they want to do that, I'm not giving them a dollar while that's like that. I think that if anything, 2020 should have taught people, which I'm disappointed hasn't taught more of us to be more careful with your money. That's why I put that PS5 shit there, you know, more careful with your money and don't let others judge you for doing it. You know what you need to do? You need to bootleg the things that you're interested in, bootleg the pay-per-views and only give them your hard earned money when the things you're interested in are presented in a high standard. Don't act like you don't know that there's places to watch it free and that they can't keep up with it or stop it. Watch this shit somewhere else. Please, please ask me. DM me privately. I'll give you a link. Do not give them a dollar. Anyone listening to this, if you need a place to watch wrestling, let me know. We'll figure something out depending on what device you have, what platform you have. Do not fucking pay them while they're doing this. I don't care about standards and practices because this is what they're doing for money. Okay? It's not to help you. It's not. And, and I cannot fucking pay them on top of everything i said about the wrestling business as a whole the way that it's gone how how dry it's become because it's oversaturated and everyone's doing shitty booking they're they're the core of that they're the heart of that problem and they're going to take this footage that they have the past stuff that actually was good chop it up for people that were already fucked the community they wouldn't even have the money they had for all these years one for the fans like me who not even they won minute one the moment the fucking login page became live put my credentials in and just kept getting the the copyright screen over and over again until they fixed their shit been here forever gave them money haven't wavered on that network once 
I'm I'm tired of investing money into a company that doesn't do shit. I'm not just some mark that doesn't fucking pay. You know what I mean? I feel entitled to my fucking opinion between the fucking that and all the shitty games that we buy every year except the last year. All the fucking ways that this company supported by us, the fans, and we have no say-so in this shit. I'm done, man. I will watch the pay-per-views, but I won't pay for them, and I'm not going on the WWE Network. And when they fix their shit right and give me the option as a fan of me deciding, I should be able to go into the settings, and I should be able to tick the things that I don't want. If I don't want racism, I'll take it. If I don't want sexuality, I'll take it. But don't, unless I fucking censor it, like any other family settings, don't censor the content. Or, or you could, and I will keep my money and continue to point people the fuck away from that. That's essentially what I'm going to do. If they remove and censor past content, just remove your money. Fans subscribe censor to the dash. WWE Network, not because they need it, but because they choose to support it. Everyone knows that the unedited stuff is a bootleg away. So please, I don't care if they give if they charge you a dollar fifty and every single month they mail you a free complimentary pack of lifesavers, which pretty much covers at least the fifty, if not the dollar in today's economy. Don't fucking pay them. It's outrageous. It's the principle more than anything. I don't care if I ever watch any of the censored content. I don't watch wrestling for those stupid moments. I'm watching it for the with old matches and the good stuff. I go further back than any of the shit they're censoring most of the time. But still, I'm not, I'm, I, we cannot continue to pay people that are taking that money to employ others that are going to go through our content that's not from their era and fucking delete it. That's more important than having a place to watch wrestling. That's not even a good fucking place. You're going to pay for a shitty place because it's $2.50? You do that shit, you're part of the problem. I can't, don't hear that I can't shit, justify man. this. And I don't like this thing about signing up for Peacock and then winning the Peacock sign. I don't like... You know what I've learned? I've learned that I dislike in this world shared blame. I do not like to share blame. I like full accountability, whether I'm at fault or whether I'm being credited or whether others are at fault or whether others are being credited. When you have shared blame, it complicates things. And I've started to implement this into my everyday life. If I'm buying a television, my television and my remote and all of the things that are around and the wiring is probably all going to come for the same time. Better example from buying like a, if I'm setting up a network, I'm going to make sure that my router and my switch and my freaking Wi-Fi extenders and anything else that's required all comes from the same company, whether it be Netgear or Linksys. I'm not going to have like a router this Netgear and like a cable modem this Linksys. And then like because and it's not because I'm trying to support one company. I'm not going to be one of those guys that I'm going to go around wearing a Netgear hat or a Linksys hat or some shit. It's because I want one motherfucker to blame. Or, or at least narrow it down to as much to one motherfucker as possible. I want when shit goes wrong, if I have to call support of any kind and then be like, well, did you try the other thing? Nope. The other thing is yours too. All your company. If you're about to tell me, oh, call the other guy. Nope. You are the other guy. I made sure everything here matched so that I could blame you, not so that I could credit you. So that when shit goes wrong, I could point at you and go, you motherfucker. Did you check your wiring? Yup. It's all Linksys. Did you check your modem? Yup. It's all Linksys. No matter what, you are the support. Like they say in Gears 1, you are the support. <laughs> That's the way that I feel about that shit, you know? I'd like to keep everything a single name brand in certain things so that when shit goes wrong with that certain thing, you got to call, you don't have to jump through hoops. Because the first thing anyone who knows when you call customer service for anything is that they're going to finger point on the peripheral that's not them, especially when it comes to internet. Oh, well, that's not our router. Did you check your router? Fuck you. You know it's not the router, you bastard. Don't you dare try to avert the blame here. So now we make sure that all the fucking devices play well together. My problem is that Peacock and the WWE Network are two different entities. I'm not doing it because they're already doing that shit with each other. And you guys don't even realize that one's already saying that the other one 
is trying to adhere to the pe- to, to, to the I was about to say peacocks and, and practices to the to the practices and whatever of the of the of the, uh, the restrictions <laughs> peacocks and practices. <laughs> I don't want I don't want them to be able to cut shit out. This Rick rants alone, okay. I just don't want them to be able to cut shit out and then say that Peacock said so, which is what they're doing. And then they, then how come it's already missing from the network I have? Fuck them. No, I already. This is why I keep one company for one thing, dude. This is why I keep one company for one thing because they can now play that game. Oh, Peacock said that we got to tell you, screw you guys, man. I'm not paying for this shit anymore. So tired of that. that like it, it, and I, I kept reading and thinking that the internet was overreacting until I really sat down and read some of this shit today. Cause I was just reading articles that scroll past all week and I can't believe it. You know, this is crazy. Please don't get the network. Anyone do not get the network. If you like us, don't get the network. I beg you. I implore you. Don't be part of the problem. Yeah, don't be a peacock. Write it down. Keep that one too. Yeah, we're going three for this one. Fuck it. And this is someone who was here since day one. They couldn't have chose a worse time to try to harass people with this nonsense when they're giving a substandard product. This is why I've been saying for a year and a half, almost two years, fuck this place. This is why I don't do the devil's advocate with this thing. Because they don't fucking deserve it. Like these are these are paying customers prioritize the needs of the paying customers before your bullshit first of all get the thing to work it should go on with the rewind and the replays and the pause and all the other shit get that there you know why because the customers are already there they're already paying you then get the content up because the customers are already paying it then if you need to work from the back end so be it but don't be a bunch of cunts about this where you don't put the content up until you're done doing your combing that pisses me off easy even easier than that don't fucking touch it we already had that problem with their shitty network. Remember we talked about how they fucked up that one Chris Jericho song because the jackasses thought they didn't have the rights, but they had it anyway. Wouldn't have it problem, they fucking touch it. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, dude. I, like I said, I'm I'm at that fucking point right now. It's like I I can't. I will not I'm be damn paying you're for at this. that point with the whole company network or not. They're trying to shit with uh with the NXT on Thursday. The the takeover Wednesday will be USA, and then Thursday will be exclusive on Peacock. I'm glad I stopped watching the mid the midweek shows live. Because I will not be getting Peacock. I'll just go somewhere and I will get the damn show and I will watch it and be ready to talk about it on Monday. And honestly, it's still a stretch. It's still a chore. Because just like this week, when it was time to watch NXT, I winced. I didn't get NXT in until almost like fucking 7.58 today. Just before Raw came on. That's how much I procrastinated on that shit. I could care less about most of the stuff going on. And then they're going to make it difficult. And I've gotten used to it because I've had the network all this time. And I don't like the fact that we were no longer able to watch NXT live because they were hungry for USA money. So they put it on Wednesdays and had to postpone it 24 hours for Thursdays. So already I'm paying for something and most of the live experience is fucking got. Now, the company that you gave your NXT show to, you gave your whole network to, and they own both things. And they still won't put the thing live on the thing. So I have to wait over the day. Keep your shit. You know, I'm not going back to it either. I don't care. I'm not going back to it. I'm done. They could fix it if they want to at this point. Fuck them. They better give me a fucking complimentary coupon that gives me a month free that I can cancel without giving them anything. That's the only way. There'll be some Costco shit going on here for me to ever have that on my system again. And if they they had to do that shit, they'd have to pay me to take the goddamn coupon. Yeah. I can't wait. I hope that more of you follow this. I can't wait to see what the numbers of that takeover look like on Peacock and how many people don't give a fuck. I can't wait for Mania and everything. I can't wait for them to see how many people are going to subscribe. Scan the QR code. QR your ass. See, see well, what they're going to do, they're going to do just like they do for a lot of the many. They're just going to fudge the numbers. They can fudge Everybody them all they want. still sit there thinking it's self-sustaining and all this shit. No. 
They could fudge them all they want if they have a money printer because NBC doesn't care about the fudge numbers. They're going to care about that money. They bought a network. I almost feel like they conned freaking NBC into taking their garbage. It's not like it was even a successful network when you look at it. They're what, 1.2 million people compared to everyone else? That's not a big deal. Unbelievable, man. But yeah, guys, don't get it, please. Just don't buy the network. Have no faith in it whatsoever. Anything else you want to say on this? All I'll say is this. First of all, one, I can't wait for that email that says, oh, yeah, your network uh, subscription has expired and won't be renewed. I can't fucking wait. And two, it's like I've been saying for, God, I don't know how long. It was still don't count them out. This is why you count them out. They don't give a fuck about anybody who subscribed for that shit. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't be, first of all, they wouldn't be fucking with shit that they don't need to be fucking with. Second of all, they wouldn't be just pawning it off to a place and then making the people who have been there since day one pay for it. Not once, but twice. I don't know anywhere else where they do that shit. I guarantee Honor Club's not going to have that problem. I guarantee New Japan fucking World's not going to have that problem. You know why? Because they don't touch shit that doesn't need to be touched. Because they halfway give a shit about their, about their fan base. The people who support this shit. It's like I said just a little while ago. If you buy this shit, understand. And I am shooting straight from the fucking hip. You are the fucking problem. You are why they do this shit. Because they're catering to you. Not and us, just, not the real fans, nobody else. No, they're 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 pandering to the blind little marks who will defend this shit from sun up to sun fucking down. I've heard that they've had problems on that network with the Muppets, bro. I'm not even joking. This isn't even me being there's a shoot. They've had issues with shit in the Muppets on that network. I think I saw something today. I don't know if it was regarding the Peacock. Nowadays, I'm probably not even surprised, not even shocked. Something about SpongeBob not being streamable. Fucking SpongeBob. The Muppets they have issues with, Gone with the Wind they've had issues with. Crazy, what? man. Like, can you, you believe that company, shit? As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to wrestling companies, this is, this is bottom of the barrel. Do they George know what they purchased? They're below impact on my list now. Do, do they know what they purchased? If, yeah. if they have problems with the Muppets? Like, do they have any idea the content they're going to be going through? If the Muppets... I can't even think that... You have to see my reaction when I heard that story. I looked at Stasis and I was like, the Muppets, the ones that are on the bus... Like, that was my first thought. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. The Muppets that drive the bus in the movie? Everyone's offended nowadays, huh? Yeah, it's like we said before. I don't know how some of these people don't walk out of their house and just burst into fucking tears. I don't know. I can't give them money for something like that. Oh, no. No. At I this have... point, there's never going to be another thing they can do to earn it at this point. I have more subscription services than I do. Because I have Netflix, I have Hulu, I have the WWE Network for another day, I have uh, Amazon Prime Video, obviously we have our Game Pass Ultimates and all that. I have to say, honestly, all of those subscriptions, probably not the Game Pass, but all the other subscriptions, to me, are always potentially cancel material. That's the cancel culture for me, not the people. My cancel culture are those. The only... One of those subscriptions that's safe, which I've yet to mention, is my fucking VPN. Because at the end of the day, if any of these other subscriptions decide to screw me out of content or do something, it's going to be the VPN that I'm going to go through to grab that shit from around them. If you guys have a subscription, the one subscription you should be faithful to is whoever your fucking VPN is, man. Because I don't like to have to get content aside from directly from the source, but if you push me far enough... I have a gate that I could go through. There's other forbidden doors that are not run by Tony Khan. So, 
like I said, I'm not paying them anymore. Fix your shit, WWE. And then even then, I'll have to. I'm not getting back on board. I'm just gone. I'm I'm done. No matter I, what. I, I can care less if they fix it. Come on. The fact that you broke it, I don't care if you fix it. Like you lost me, but for other people, fix it. I'm never giving buying your shit again. Like, like, like I'll right never have you, your like, shit again. Like I'm right there with you. Like I have my Hulu, I have my HBO Max, I have my freaking Netflix, all these other things. But the reason that they are when it comes to can- when it comes to canceling something, they're safe for me. They give me a lot more good than they do bad versus this piece of shit that gives me a lot of bad in like a half good once every few months. Like I, I, I'll probably never get rid of my Hulu. Why? Because every Sunday I have my Attack on Titan. I have my My Hero Academia. I have my Young Rock. I have just, just just little things I find here and there. My Netflix, kind of funny. I got my Parasite, I, all these other kind of stuff. I open my Hulu so infrequently that everything you named is something that I watch, and I didn't know any of it was on there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, one of these days, wow. you guys, t- I swear to God, side note, one of these days, we really do have to sit there and watch Attack on Titan. It's coming back in winter 2022. But yeah, it's fucking, there's so much there where I'm like, see, that's a reason to keep it. 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 I, I know I've said, I, I know I've said on, uh, on other shows, this, but Cobra Kai, man, what I finally finished it. Easily one of my favorite top five shows of all time. I love that show. I like, oh, that show I think great. Netflix is worth the subscription alone. I bought the game. It's just a regular old cheesy arcade game, but I love the content and the character so much I had to. I'm more invested in that. And I've been more invested in those characters and those arcs and those heel turns and face turns and shit than anything in wrestling in 15 years. To me, that's literally replaced for a while. That replaced the feeling that wrestling would give me. Cobra Kai, the nostalgia of certain things, Kung Fu and dojos, which shit I love, 80s and music from that era, and just like good fights, you know, more than anything, good fights, you know. But to me, they're doing better booking in Cobra Kai than fucking wrestling. That to me has become my replacement fix for that kind of shit. Those yeah, are the people because doing in Cobra it right. Kai, they, write, they, they have people writing the show who I don't know know about the shit that happens in Cobra Kai. And it blew my mind because when I went into it, it wasn't like I was looking for any. I was like, I may as well check this out. And I watched it and it was like way better than anything. Like once everything, once the fighting started, like I guess the first season had a bit of a slow pace. But once the fighting started, there's not like a single fight scene I don't love in the whole thing. And the story, the way it's put together and everything. I was super fucking invested in that. Super invested. I think that show helped remind me how shitty wrestling is because there was so many. Yeah, exactly. It was a breath of fresh air. There were just so many things that I was missing from entertainment because wrestling just doesn't give it anymore. It's like wrestling took the fucking alcohol out of their four loco and it was never a good drink even with it. Motherfuckers <laughs> 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 took the mad dog, the mad out of the fucking mad dog 2020. Now it's just dog 2020. You know, instead of Cobra Kai, they give you, instead of Cobra Kai, they give you King Cobra. They're like, here, cheapest beer there is. They give you that. They give you fucking steel reserve on a good day. (laughs) That's true, right? That stuff is really bad. Gives me a fucking, gave me a fucking headache the one time I drank it. But yeah, it's like the same way you feel about Cobra Kai. Because we've hit the mid-season finale of Attack on Titan. We already talked about some of the things where we see like that hotshot booking. There is so much slow burn in shit that has happened on that fucking show. I've seen shit that I saw shit that happened in season one. I didn't figure out what the fuck happened till season fucking three. You know why? Because it's slow burn. That common sense thing everybody in their third cousin twice removed knows about. Yeah. But this company wants to book their biggest show of the year like a month out. 
Yeah, and exactly. It's not even, and it's not, and then have the takeover, the same thing, and they're both not even finished yet. Holy shit! I remember when we came on here and we talked about the fact that in New Japan, Gato books two years in advance. That motherfucker knows what's gonna happen at Wrestle Kingdom 17. They don't know what's gonna happen at WrestleMania in two weeks. No, they really don't. It's really sad. But I'm yeah. supposed to believe this is the mecca. George, you're gonna get a kick out of this one. As far as I'm concerned, WWE's below impact when it comes to the bullshit I put up with them. Yeah, Impact's because been doing their own thing. God, right? Like, like yeah, yeah, the booking thing. is ass and impact. But you know what the bad part about it is? At least they keep consistency with the ass booking. When Johnny Bravo got fucking shot at that wedding, they didn't just forget about it. No, they carried that shit to the end. And you yeah, know what? I, you know, I know you're longer... right. Impact Plus is probably something that's worth it. Why? Because I guarantee you right now, they probably don't touch shit on Impact Plus. When freaking Chris Harris and James Storm beat the living shit out of each other and almost kill each other in a fucking Texas death match, I bet not a goddamn thing got edited. But guess what, WWE fans? You're never going to get to see May Bay Young fucking um give birth to the hand again. <sighs> but I'm oh yeah, you're right. Fuckers. That's probably gone, right? Dude, it's probably That's gone. Probably man. gone. Oh man, he's right, guys. Yeah, I, I, I love to how George mentioned the whole Victory Road 2011 thing because sure enough, I was listening to a clip when Eric Bischoff talked about that. It's just like, uh, like, why do people still support this shit and act like nothing's wrong? We've had people come on here and say it's always going to be the place to be. I don't fucking think so. No, it's, it's and that's as a fan and a <sighs> But see, now you, now we can say, George, you were right. You were right to just stick with Impact. You know, you know what Impact is. You know what Impact has become. For anybody who's really old school, if you remember Star Trek, you remember George Takei was Sulu, was was our Lieutenant <laughs> Sulu. Impact is Lieutenant Sulu in the later movies. If you guys remember, Sulu leaves Enterprise and he becomes his own captain of the USS Excelsior. And every now and then you'll see Sulu in his own ship and he'll he'll help out. And it's like, yeah, Sulu's out there. We don't always fuck with you, but we know you're there. That's what they are. They're the USS Excelsior of wrestling. They're that other ship out there that we're just high with. <laughs> you know? It's like, Sulu, we remember when we used to roll with you. <laughs> He's good people. Now, George, oh. now, now, George, don't get it quizzed. I still can't stand Impact. I'm probably never watching that shit again. But I guarantee you right now, you'll see me catching shit on Impact before I catch shit on WWE and actually pay for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The very first thing I did after this was grab some impact content for us to look at after the, after the fucking Rick's rant, just because I was like, you know what, man? Impact. That's how mad I am. I mean, they had <laughs> some shit come out of there, which I mean, to break into it briefly, congratulations to James Storm, who had his 1,000th match. Wow, just 1,000? I thought he was wow. somewhere in the millions at this point. James I, Storm I think, stays I think impact for life. Impact, I think that was just, uh, George, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was his 1,000th in impact. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm still surprised not a million considering he's, he never leaves. He's loyal to them like a motherfucker. A thousand yeah, matches to me is... Wild and come back. I, I think mm-hmm. it's those breaks he takes from it. Well, what do you mean he'll leave for a little while? The only place I ever see him is there. I seen him like once in NXT. You mean a real yeah, little well, while. Then, then he was he was in NWA for the little while he was gone. That doesn't count. Yes. And that number would have been higher than a thousand if it didn't. <laughs> Can you believe that that thing's even going on? Like, like I don't know how big their their fan support system is, but shit like that doesn't usually work out. It, it's you know what it is, uh, George. I don't think he, I don't think he ever showed up in uh, New Japan, but um, I think it's because I've noticed a lot of, and I actually noticed this when um they used to run the ad for it on YouTube all the time. It's a lot of those fans that were fans of NWA way back in the day. 
for God's sake, they have the it's still real to me, damn it, guy in the fucking head. Yeah. And I right guess. at that moment, I was like, yep, that's who this show's for. Yeah. Well, Impact, you know. We'll be talking about them a bit later on. I did want to uh, also just real quick because we're segueing into UFC news, but just before I forget, because this isn't a story, but congrats to Francis and um and Gano, man. Oh, holy wow. shit! Uh, I was Predator watching that live. Now, not only the new heavyweight champion, the first ever African-born UFC heavyweight champion. It's incredible. I didn't catch the whole event, but I decided to tune in for the co-main and the main event. Also, the Tyrone Woodley that was surprising. Holy crap, man! Um, Tell you, man, some some of these guys are coming. Some of these guys who should come up through the UFC, like holy shit! Like I, it broke my heart to see Woodley like that, but you know, I guess shit happens. Yeah, but yeah, with the uh, with that Gano main event, Agano and that Lord. horrifying knockout power strike again, really horrifying. So good for him, man. Very incredible. That guy uh, earned that. But the other breaking news that's been coming out of UFC that I find really interesting involves Misha Tate, who, as you guys know, was retired. This decided that she's going to make a return to once again face Nunes. <laughs> I wonder what happened, right? Why? You look so happy. I, yeah, I'll say I know I know the girl she's um fighting on her comeback isn't Nunes, but it's some other girl. But she's but talking like about she, going for that fucking belt again, man. She, yeah, she, she she's definitely climbing back towards her, but because oh, we Lord. talk about uh, that's actually when one of my for whenever I tell my friends about Amanda Nunes, that's my se- that's been my selling point is literally that joke we uh cracked. I think it was on the on a second serving we did after that. The fact that she hit Misha Tate so hard, she had her re reevaluating if she wanted to do this shit anymore. Yeah, she might re reevaluate her. It's not like she's gotten softer with her punches right. since then. <laughs> Yeah, it's only gotten way worse. <laughs> she gotten a second belt since you've been gone. She hit one girl so hard she landed on Twitch. You know, <laughs> I'm not even gonna mention any names. Damn. You know? But I was scrolling. I was scrolling through the the Twitch feed, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I was wondering where you went after that. She smashed brother. She went pew, pew, landed in Twitch. Oh, Never seen anything God. like it. That's what that woman does. No disrespect to that person, but that's what Nunez is. Like her, she hits harder than most of the guys. Yeah, for sure. They <laughs> interviewed her. Shoot, about, like, <laughs> yeah, they I've interviewed her about it. But uh, I'll see if anything. It's a parade of stars coming through here. Yeah, I was watching. I was getting my makeup done. You guys had. Let's see what she talks about. Speaks to me. I just know. You know, it's like when you know, you know. There we Hunt go. him down. I was like, Dana, if you don't answer my calls, like I'm gonna come to the PI. I was like, I know where you are. I was like, I will find you, because I think he just he wanted to make sure that it was like not because it had to. You know what I mean? Like right. financially, he was like, Are you okay? Like financially, I was like, No, I'm great. I'm good in great financial standing. I'm doing this because I want to. I can't. I, I'll be honest with you right now. I saw him talk about your nose in a recent interview and the fact that you got it fixed. And I'm looking at it and it looks perfect. And he's like, I Thanks. told her she shouldn't get it fixed yet. It's she not should perfect. wait. It's not perfect. But that's okay. It's like, <laughs> it's not perfect. I still don't breathe out of it very well. But hey, you know, it's the life of a fighter. So. It looks perfect for me. You, you <laughs> it, look looks fanta- great. it looks fantastic. Um, now, it's, it was really cool to see not just you coming out of retirement, but already having a fight booked. Marion Renault, mm-hmm. July 17. Why was this exact opponent uh, the right one? And why was this fight time the exact right time? I mean, the opponent, I don't know. I don't know why, you know, if Marion Renault is the right one or whatnot, but that's the one that was put in front of me. And that was the 
the one that I will focus on. Um, I kind of had, a, I was, I actually was hoping to fight Yana. I was kind of looking for Yana, but I think she already has something in the works or whatever. But look, Marion Renault is a, she's a spoiler and she's somebody that you really have to take seriously. I mean, her submission over Sarah McMahon was something that was like, wow, really impressed me. She's fought a lot of the best women in the world. She's been around for quite some time. And I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, DC, like the, one of the most important things like you have to keep in mind when somebody has, this is the retirement fight for her. That's, right? that's the beauty of it. She has. So yeah, anyway, what are your thoughts on the Misha Tate coming out of retirement? I mean, as somebody who followed her all the way back from Strike Force, I'm happy to see her back. Like, yeah, she, I mean, she even though Ronda Rousey is the name everybody talks about when you hear about um women's MMA taking that huge leap, Misha's one of the people who I feel like can be credited to that as well. I mean, she because she was, one of, she was one of the, she was a dominant champion in Strike Force before Ronda showed up. Yeah, she came into this company holding the Strike Force championship. Yeah, like she she was um yeah she was the girl that Ronda took the belt from and then carried it all the way until Strike Force was bought out. But yeah, the girls she's a cornerstone in women's MMA. So yeah, I agree. it's good it's good to see her find that fire again because I mean we said before when we did that second serving. Like, she decided she didn't want to do this in the middle of that fight. And I'm like, considering that Ronda's broken her arm twice, how hard do you have to hit somebody to break that girl's will? But it's because you don't often see people find that fire again. It's good to know that she's found it. The girls have just all upgraded by far, which is where I find it interesting. She's come back. I don't know if she's going to change her camp or has a new game plan or what she's going to do. But I'm I'm invested. Of course, obviously, I'm going to watch Misha, yeah. Misha Tay fight. Uh did you hear the rumor that it started? You brought up Ronda. You heard a rumor that not is saying that maybe Ronda will also come out of retirement because Misha came out of retirement. I heard about that, and Ronda was like, "Nah." Did you hear what Dana said? I thought Dana had the, the a very tight. I didn't hear what Dana said. Here, here we go. Wonder if, have you spoken to Ronda lately at all? Yesterday. <laughs> about what? No, it's not. Don't even fucking start, you guys. <laughs> I, yesterday about all lots of different things, not this. But yes, we talked yesterday. I, absolutely positively not coming back ever what did she think of misha coming back she didn't she didn't say we didn't talk about that yeah i don't even think she knows he said absolutely positively not coming back ever 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 <laughs> you know like that is it and i'm one of those kind of people where i know everybody likes to always say the thing like oh ronda got beat over the w ronda changed the whole freaking game her legacy's locked in forever and beyond so in reality even taking away the holly home and amanda nunez think she doesn't need to come back because there's nothing more left for her really no oh, you're right there, there really isn't i mean for god's sake ufc 157 the girl was not only one half of the first female ufc fight with liz carmouche they headlined the show she could have stopped right there as the hall of fame worthy career rather than doing that and then cutting through almost every girl in that division before of course holly got to her but yeah like she she's the when you think of people who change things she's one of the ones who did so like yeah it's not a fear thing that's the reason why she doesn't want to come back it's just what 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 would be there to do and then <laughs> you don't want freaking nunez touching you who beat that girl so badly that she was out on her feet it it also is a good business move. You know what I mean? 
Like, I hate to say it, but you got to think what business when you have like a net worth and shit. You know what I mean? Like around the less Ronda Rousey gets her ass kicked, the more her net worth is. You know what I mean? You Your stock yeah. drops when you get your ass kicked, you know, and it's kind of well, like, yeah. And I mean, I hate to say it because you know how much I love Ronda and Misha, but it the inevitability of them getting their asses kicked would be so unavoidable in the UFC right now. And it would only be because of Noonan. It's not like we have like a whole bunch of people. But it's like Nunes will like punch you dead. You know, Nunes, that's just where we are. I mean, we got Nunes, Rose. I'm trying to remember. I keep, I keep the name of the girl who Rose is challenging for the title again. Keeps slipping me. But the women's division has gotten more vicious since they've been gone. And there's more divisions now. I, I hate to say it, but what does it take to beat Nunes? Do you need somebody... To go through like Genkai level training where it's not even that you're fighting. It's just you're, you're going to get this person's going to fuck you up so that you get used to getting beat up. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I could think of. Take somebody out to the woods and just fuck them up <laughs> until they're just resilient enough that they, that, that it won't be a shock when Nunes hits them. Cause that's what it is. It's the shock. Cause when you're sparring, when you're in camp, nobody hits you like that. So you're not going like, to get used I, to that feeling. You know what I mean? Might, and as a matter of fact, even if you got into a fight, nobody hits you like that. So the only thing I could think of somebody out in the woods whips your ass enough that you're used to it. It might have been one of the last second sermons we did about a Nunez fight. But I said before, you notice in those early stages, it's not even gauging speed, gauging timing. It's literally trying not to get hit because something happens to those girl's eyes the second she touches them that first time. <laughs> it's like picking up a death totem and fucking until dawn. You know some shit is going to happen. You just don't know when. And you're trying to do everything you can to prevent it. Yeah, no, it's it's really bad. You know, Stacey's just whispered in my ear that it should, you might need somebody who's like Francis Ngannou, someone who had to travel across what was fucking Africa, try 12 times to escape his country to get here. You need somebody who's a female version of that that needed to literally try to travel across the fucking land and kept failing until they made it, because that's some resilience. You need someone that level of fucking, you know what I mean? Someone who deports themselves, someone who immigrates themselves across the country, who battles, who can you can make a fucking movie about that's the kind of person that you, I guess you need to take out someone like Nunes. Because like she, she's gotten to the point where like she knows. And I don't even want to encourage that. You know, I just right. thought about that. Sorry to cut you off, but I don't even want to encourage that because something just occurred to me. How shitty would it be if somebody does do that and have that backstory and come here and then she just punches them dead? It'll be like, yeah, this right. person came and they escaped South Korea and blah, blah, blah. And they dodged bullets and brought their whole family across. And the next thing the, you know, they stopped the documentary the bell rang and- and then she ricochets them off the fucking cage like in Dead or Alive. You know, what are you going to do? Oh, you ruined this person. I, I, you know what the funny thing is? Because I watched um, the Nunez-Rousey fight uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. I think it was before Nunez's last fight. And it became more clear to me why Herb stopped it when, when he did. I don't know if you remember this, but after the fight was over, at one point, Ronda, just, her body just ran to the center of the octagon and she just stood there looking down. Yeah, I actually rewatched that it, recently. It, it, it's because <laughs> by the time Herb stopped it, there was nobody home. The lights were on, the door was open, and not a soul was home. And yeah, Herb he kind of guided he, he guided her to the middle of the ring like if she was a small child getting on the school bus. Like Rhonda had no idea where she was, and she was out on her feet. I saw it. I noticed that. I didn't catch it. I didn't think about that when we first covered it. But when I saw the replay recently, I was like, wow, she was like, she's kind of because Ronda Rousey that I know wouldn't have obediently walked over to Herb Dean and kind of taken his hand and walked over to the middle of the girl. Like she had no idea what she was doing. I said like why Herb didn't wait for her to go down is because her body wouldn't tip. She got hit so hard that she was just completely gone. She went, she didn't, her, she probably her, doesn't remember that combo at the end. 
it, it, it was the equivalent of when we used to play PUBG and the freaking game would die and you just keep running. Rhonda was in her vehicle heading towards the circle but got logged out. And then by the time her <laughs> got her out, she was on the other fucking side. Oh shit, it's driving without me. Because that's what it was. Like it, She hit her so hard. The lights were out but her body wouldn't fall. And Herb noticed that by probably about the 16th or 17th shot that was just unanswered. Because I, because I think we talked about it before. I think, if I remember clearly, Nunez threw about 36 strikes. 34 landed. Yo, she hit her She hit her with that fucking Morpheus, the body cannot live without the mind fucking combo. <laughs> and she threw that fucking theory that the body died. <laughs> So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. I just, I can't, in good faith, recommend anybody fighting this woman right now. I feel like it, because in my head, I feel like Misha's almost wanting to see how she measures up against the other girls. Good idea. It just wants to see if she can still hang. I would hope getting back to Nunez isn't really the goal, but just hey, let me finish this on a better note than I did before. Yeah. And the movie, stop the movie before Tony Montana gets shot into the water. Right. You know, just, just pause right there. Yeah. I take your fucking bullets. No, you fucking don't. You... Pause before Thelma and Louise go off the cliff. Oh my you know? god! <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop it before Mel Gibson shoots the kid, his wife, and the two old people in the car. Stop it right there. Stop before Benny Blanco from the Bronx shoot Carlito in the gut. You fucking stupid. <laughs> you know? Just end it right there. Stop, we need before, to see it. stop before Chino really comes, all right? Yes, I went to fucking West Side <laughs> You went story, to Chino. For right? Chino. <laughs> Chino. We, we do not like sad stories. <laughs> That's why we don't want them to fight Amanda Nunes. If you didn't get that West Side Story reference, we don't like sad endings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's probably people out there are like, is this motherfucker not even 30 yet made a West Side Story effort? Yes. Because that's exactly what the fuck you would get. If if one of them gets in the ring with Nunes, it will be it's literally a West Side Nunes! Story. It would, li- <laughs> it would literally be a West Side Story because all the music would be great, but the ending would be terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good Lord. I almost made an Anne Frank joke, but I was like, nah, nah, too, too much, too much. <laughs> Oh, God. oh my God! But yeah, you ever notice Nunez? Literally, I like she brings Dead or Alive to life. Because she if you hits ever with horrifying, it's <laughs> you nightmarish. Ever, you ever fought somebody in it... Dead or Alive in the electric arena? Once oh you get my, them across yes. the, the, because it's almost like Nunez literally gets people in the same situation. The acting, I was like, oh fuck, I'm against a. Oh shit, oh, I can't even. <laughs> you can't get out of the fucking corner. She's not letting you, you know. She, she has me in the fucking corner now. <laughs> It's like she literally done that shit. Amanda Nunes is the Amanda Nunes literally stalks people because what she they have knows to do the second she touches you, your whole I, that girl that girl breaks people's wills with her power. They need to have them do what Connor did in the last fight. At some point, you need to have a girl who's smart enough to just drop their guard and run. Remember when Connor just stopped and he ran? Yeah, but then again, that ain't up too well for Connor. For anyone that watches Ranma, he used the Anything Goes Martial Arts fucking final attack. Have you guys ever seen that episode? <laughs> I didn't want to have to use this, but here comes the final attack. Ready, set, run away. And then his father's like, yes, the Saotome final attack is based on speed, 
cunning and stealth and they were like basically run away until you find a better fucking strategy he was like exactly <laughs> <laughs> you used the sawatome final attack you got the fuck out <laughs> it's called the final attack because i leave not you <laughs> That was one of my favorite episodes because literally when he said when he landed to do the attack, the screen did that shit where like it 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 fucking uh widescreened, like you know, like the like it sort of letterboxed. So you were thinking some cool shit was gonna happen and you just see him in the distance leaving. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what you need. The final attack. (laughs) Oh my god. Which is kind of funny. We talk about retirement. Uh Dana did give an I think Khabib, I believe, gave an update. Yeah, he's done. Is he really? Come back Is fight. this it? Yeah, he said when he retired, that's it. And then John Jones also, for, at first he said that he would love to fight freaking uh, and, and Gano. Gano but, then, but then fucking Dana was like, no, Derek Lewis. And then and then after that, John Jones tweeted out and he said something like, please just give me my release or some shit like that. So I guess he's hot about this. I'm like, motherfucker, you ain't even fought a heavyweight. Call me your ass down. Yeah, he's gonna go, there. Jesus is he going to go up there? I mean, that's the only thing he can do at this point, which I'm kind of with a lot of people who are like, he needs to at least fight once because the thing I always said with John Jones was he had the advantage of the fact that he was a light heavyweight that was built like a fucking heavyweight. That's what I was going to say. I'm I'm glad I'm not the only person thinking it, you know, because as much as I like John Jones, that crossed my mind when I thought about him going up to that. It's kind of like, I don't know exactly... You're going to barely make that weight class. That's a lot of McDonald's. I don't know if there's another way you're getting up. You know what I mean? And on top but, of that, he won't be able to have like 10 inches worth of reach on everybody anymore. No, not at like all. Like that, like that, that, that was a, a lot of people don't like to talk about it. I, I like as skilled as John Jones is, he didn't need that much skill because he was twice the size of everybody else. He'll definitely do better against Sangano. It's just the weight difference that would it has me interested. You don't want to the, these guys, and I, that's another thing. Going back to uh, the entire having your net worth and worrying about the business decision. Too many of these guys that are absolutely amazing that come off like heroes that you would put in the front of a fucking cereal box start feeling themselves in the side. You know what? I'm gonna eat a couple more steaks this fucking weekend, and I'm gonna go upper class and fight giant guys, and then get their asses kicked. And then that that feeling, that mystique that's around them is gone. Like Connor did it. You know what I mean? Like Connor looked like a god, and it was like. Like, why are you going to go up to fight Nate Diaz? Nate Diaz is a big fucking dude. You know what I mean? There's a big difference. At that weight. And then when he lost, what did he say? He was like, oh, you know, the weight. I was like, I know the fucking weight. You didn't even need, you know, you know who else knew the weight? Cavemen. Thousands of years ago, when they would look, they would know the big guy versus the little guy not going to fucking work. How come you didn't, you didn't know the weight? And actually, now that I think about it, it was even worse for Connor. Connor didn't just jump up one. He jumped up two weight classes. And that's what I'm saying. Nobody, like, nobody should be doing that. Like, if you're, it's one thing if you're trying and you haven't found your comfort zone, but when you're a champion and you have your, your brand, your wine, whatever it is that you're doing, just be happy. You got that one fucking belt. You're going to go up and fight giant guys and you're not going to be used to, like, first of all, you're too big. A lot of the time, they're not used to carrying around the extra weight, even though they're smaller than the bigger guys. So now you're carrying around weight you're not used to and the bigger guy's used to his weight. Connor's probably a good enough fighter for. Anderson Silva was able to get away with it because it's fucking Anderson Silva. Exactly. I think, Cormier, I think Cormier was the only person who ever beat him at light heavyweight. Yeah, and he didn't somebody, finish and be beat by decision, but it's like freaking Silva got himself used to that before he jumped up. Yeah, but people don't realize how important that shit is, you know. And again, I'm not saying not everyone should do it. There's been some amazing things, and Connor actually has a few people who were successful growing up and down. But I'm just saying, you see how sometimes it'll backfire. Yeah, and not, it's not easy for it to backfire. Cowboys, Cerrone, or Anderson Silva. And if you are going to try to go up. And if you are going to try to go up, 
be picky. You know what I mean? Saying, hey, I'm going to go up and try a, a heavier weight class against Ngano is not being picky because he's really fucking comfortable at his weight. I think John Jones will be surprised to see how comfortable he is. I, I'll, <laughs> you know? I'll, I'll never get the image out of my head when he fought freaking over him and he snapped his head back like a recoil. Like, yeah, no, no good. So, yeah, but Ronda's not coming back. That means that she's probably WWE bound if she goes anywhere. I thought she would stay on Twitch forever, play more yeah, Dragon Ball she, games. I mean, hey, she's been having a blast doing that. Shit, so. Yeah, invite Paige to a Dragon Ball game so that she'll stop playing that fucking Dead by Daylight game. I can't stand that thing. <laughs> oh, you mean freaking Friday at 13th Light? Yeah, I'd rather play Friday at 13th if I was going to play one of those, you know. like the mechanics better. Or if you have a PlayStation Predator hunting rounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, Cody... Mr. Cody, Cody, Cody and Brandy. You know that fucking song is like permanently stuck in my head, and it just keeps popping up every now and then at work. I'm going fucking Brandy in, shows up. I'm, I'm going, going in, I'm going in. Brandy, Brandy, Brandy. Brandy. <laughs> it's like you motherfucker. It pops up at like weird times too. Like I'm in the middle of a fucking lunch rush, and all I hear is I'm going in, I'm going in, Brandy. Oh, probably not more than us, George. We went through like I pretty much. I'm like old school enough that I went through with the series, <laughs> you know, like it was like my, it was like my fourth or fifth viewing by the time, uh, like it was in English. Like I already knew most of the stuff by heart, but yeah, those were good days, man. When it w- used to be rare to be able to get a hold of stuff like that, you know, anyway, uh, Cody and Brandy have a reality show coming out. Did you hear about that? It's called, uh, what the hell yeah. is this thing called? Road to the top. Yeah. Yeah, and I have the trailer here. I think I've seen this early in this week. Let's see what we got. Welcome here to AEW Dynamite. We want to set a new standard for all of pro wrestling. Here we go. Go, go, go. B-roll, B-roll, B-roll. Cody and Brandy Rhodes, the king and queen of AEW, coming to the ring. Who the hell told you tonight was open mic night, bitch? This, this is dope. How bad do you want to just get down when you see this? <laughs> she already escaped. What are y'all doing? This is actually not going good. All families have issues. Your mom told me I should just slap that bitch. Just an ongoing one here? You think my wife would be stoked about some of this stuff? How to cause a fight one-on-one. You're telling me to get rid of pictures with other women. Yes, that would okay. be a good start. <laughs> yeah, you totally got it. Or just put that phone away. Black person in the Rhodes family. But there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Sometimes it does feel like it's all about me. It's all about me. A little bit of an egomaniac. Oh, my God! It's a little girl! Starting a family, that's a huge dynamic shift. Cody is a huge kid himself. We work full-time with AEW. We have to continue to prosper and be on top. You have to hit the home runs. Now having to balance family is very, very tough. One bad move. I get tired of us breaking our necks for everybody else. And everything could fall oh, apart. God, 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 God. Looking up at the lights, dog. <laughs> Looking up at the lights. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, lately I've been really liking some of these, like, oh, I like, like these, like, wrestler reality type shows. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching it. Like, I've been, like, watching, I started watching um, Ms. and Mrs. from the beginning on Hulu the other day. Like, I yeah. watched some of, like, the Total Diva stuff from, like, the very start. Like, I always tend to like these shows, and I think it's because I like seeing them behind the scenes more. And this yeah. feels like the most behind the scenes you get. 
That Miz naked shit still kills me, man. Like, yeah, I, when he I, walked in, I just like I just very, legit like, laugh laughed out loud at his mentality. I'll just walk out there like it's no big day, guys. What's up? <laughs> I remember we watched that shit and we, we we had to rewind that part like six or seven times. What are you doing? <laughs> like what <laughs> like first of all, the level of confidence to just go out there, just twins and berries just in the wind. And second of all, what are you thinking when you see that shit? And it's like, wait a minute, what? That was a good logic to have, though. Let's act normal and know everybody else. Will. Nobody will think anything. Oh, man. That is amazing. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think they have the personality for I told you guys going back years way before, and I'm glad I have episodes to prove it. Like, back to, back to freaking SmackDown Cody Rhodes. I used to be a big supporter of him, you know? And listening to interviews of him, I always kind of enjoyed his personality. So it's going to be interesting to see those two with it's like the behind the curtain stuff. Yeah. Back when Brandy was a little bit more reserved, uh, I used to follow her vlog and it was really interesting. Like it was just a regular vlog, like any other chick would have just, you know, talking and bullshit. But it was, I liked it. I remember thinking, oh, you're a cool person, you know? Um, you know, not that the exposure in wrestling has helped her, but just the, I think the YouTubing and all that other stuff was, was well done. It just somehow got out of control. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah. It'll be interesting to see. It'll definitely be interesting to see what happens there. In other news, uh, as you know, they announced tonight during Raw that Kane has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Did you happen to catch his reaction on the bump? Yes. And oh, it was so cool. Yeah, he gets really emotional. They put a version on YouTube that cuts out some of the best parts of his... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, on Twitter, that cut out some of yeah, the best which, parts of his reaction. Before we even run it, I love that they're doing this because... It's the part that we really don't get to see much is how they react the moment they hear, hey, you're going in. Because you, we've only ever, before this started happening, we only ever seen it maybe a handful of times. I remember one of my favorite ones was uh, in the resurrection of Jake the Snake when they told him at the end, hey, you're not going to be in the Rumble, but you're going in the Hall of Fame. When Triple H called DDP and told him it was going in. I think when JR, when they announced that JR was going in and he was on commentary and started tearing up. So it's a cool moment to see these guys get that moment where it's like, hey, all that shit you put yourself through, it's about to pay off. I love how they're doing it this year, though, where they just have people on just to talk and shoot the shit and they don't realize it. I love the look on his face. You could tell he was completely caught off guard. You know, he was caught off guard so much that he wasn't sure if he was being ribbed at first. Right. (laughs) But you could see, like, like, if you if you look at his face, you could tell that he had no clue. He just couldn't believe that that's what the call was. was You could see him waiting for, like, the punchline. It's like, holy shit, they're not lying. I'm going in. Yep, he's going in. I'm just kidding. Oh, don't you son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm having to talk about Vince. It's something that was going on with my career. And he said, Mark's already talked to me about it. And he worries more about you than he does himself. Um, So just tells you, um, you know, the kind of person that he is and uh, how st- how strong it is to have The Undertaker pulling for you. So, Taker, it's been really cool listening to, to you and Kane go down memory lane and us getting to sit here and listen to uh, your admiration that you have for him, that you have had for him, your entire relationship. But uh, here on The Bump, we were wondering, is there anything else that you would like to share with Kane? Well, yeah, actually there is. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of years. And uh, there's something I really need to get off my chest. Um, you know, all the battles back and forth, tag team together, against worked against each other. But uh, it is truly um, my honor 
to announce that you, Kane, will be the next inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, the class of 2021. Well-deserved, much earned, Woo! and couldn't be more proud Look of you, it brother. Just hit him. Wow. Yeah! Congratulations, man. Well deserved. Oh. Are, you, are you serious about that? I'm definitely serious. If there, There's no Hall of Fame without Kane. I can promise you that. You are the man. Well, that means a lot. So, thank you very much. No, thank you. You earned every bit of it, brother. Well, um, no, seriously, if it hadn't been for people like you, nothing. Well, you, uh, you know, it's, you know, none of this happens just because of whoever it's people that we're surrounded with. So, you know, well, you've been just a huge part of my, my career and my life, man. So thank you. Hey, that goes both ways, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Congrats, Kane. That was awesome. If, if there was anybody who fucking deserved it, that guy deserved it. Yeah, that's the cool shit about wrestling right there, right? Yeah. If we could just replace everything else with just that, be happy. We could. We could just run this on loop. No, oh, I, I wouldn't <laughs> complain. <laughs> well, I like how I love how they set it up with the what they've been doing with the bump. Like with uh with Molly Holly, they did it with Hurricane, somebody very close to her career. And it's like every time they're doing it, it's somebody who had a very, very close connection where you can't think of one without the other. And it, yeah, you couldn't have had a more perfect person to let him know, like, hey, you're going into the Hall of Fame taker. Yeah, I agree with you there for sure. I mean, especially when you consider that in Kane's uh, debut, they even talked about the fact that the Hell in a Cell was designed for Kane. Like that whole thing was built around him showing up for that first time. And it's crazy to think what got 20 plus years later. Everything that guy did, everything he put himself through, every good idea, bad idea, injury, everything he ever did, it paid off in that one moment. That was cool. That was really cool. But yeah, that made my day. There's still some good oh. out there. Yeah. It's just once again, we got a, we got a cherry pick, you know. But yeah, congrats to Kane, man. That's the induction I'm looking forward to. Hell yeah. And There's always like a few of them out there where I'm looking forward to, and that's definitely going to be like that's my number one right now. Yeah. I think I believe there was a scheduling conflict with Batista, and they wound up pulling him right back out, like he's not going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, I think they're going to try to get him in um, next time around, but yeah, I think it was something he's supposed to be doing, and it just wound up unfortunately not lining up well with the Hall this year. It wouldn't surprise me if it was that. Plus, he wants to have a Hall of Fame in a Hall of Fame and not the Thunderdome. Yeah. Because it's not the same. Like, Yeah, it really isn't. All right. Well, moving along. In a bit of sad news, Road Dog apparently suffered a heart attack and was hospitalized. Yeah, I heard about this maybe about a day or two ago. Yeah, it's, it's scary I his, shit. I checked his Twitter, and at the end of 2020, the last thing that he tweeted was that he was going to rehab and to get his health worked on. So he was already in a bad way from what I saw. I didn't realize it, but I was thinking, when's the last time this guy posted anything? And that's what it was a while ago. It was a rehab post that he was heading away. I remember the exact contents of you guys can go look now, but uh, that was it. And uh, yeah, now he, uh, he wound up having a heart attack. His wife, Tracy content, James uh, 
basically went onto Facebook and said she wanted to thank everyone for the prayers and text and that he suffered a heart attack late Thursday night returning from Orlando and that he had a test run and they're currently waiting for the results. And he's also seeing a kidney specialist and having a stress test done. And he's always been on blood pressure meds for high blood pressure and asked that she um pray that all the tests come back and it's something that she can fix and that he feels horrible. And then after that, she posted a few days later, and as an update, she said that the doc came in, her kidneys came back clear, and a heart cath and a heart heart catheter, I believe, is scheduled for Monday, and that'll determine, and then they'll determine what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is some scary shit. Holy shit! Yeah, feel better, road dog. And I heard about that. It's like it's crazy how suddenly something like that can happen, you know? Yeah, you definitely and do it's not like, want. Stuff like that happens. It's just like there's no warning for it. And then when something like that happens and you come back for it from it, you kind of think like, yo, that was almost that was almost the end of the story right there. Like, think of how how close we almost were to coming on here saying, yo, road out fast. Yeah, nah, that is that is definitely rough. So hopefully, uh, hopefully everything's okay, man. You know, I'd like to say. Yeah, Yeah, feel better soon. Um. The WWE, I just figured I would tell you guys real quick, the WWE kickoffs both nights are going to be at 6.30 p.m. So it's an hour and a half per night for anyone that... uh. Oh. And then the official show starts at 8 p.m. Just throwing it out there since it's just two weeks away. Sting recently spoke up to the Bleacher Report about that last cinematic match he had, and he said the cinematic was fun. I would like to do it do more of those for sure but i came out of it in shambles it took its toll on me it was two nights of filming and that was pretty tough it can be taxing on the body especially at my age i mean damn staying the cinematic match was taxing i hate to be critical but you know what i mean i guess the only reason i can understand that is like kind of like what they did um the boneyard match for taker if it was just like a straight through match, it'd be one thing, but it's like two days of shooting stuff. If something goes wrong, you gotta shoot it again. If the angle's not right, you gotta do it again. Like, but a lot of it was just them being on set for two days of filming, because that's what filming is. It's not like yeah. he was wrestling for two days. The cinematic match, yeah. tax, body-wise, it's way less taxing on the body than uh, actually having to uh, be in a physical match. This is the reason why celebrities that are well into their 40s and 50s can have badass martial arts moments because right. that's the magic of Hollywood. So it's just weird for him to be like, man, my body couldn't take it for that, you know? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But then again, I guess first time in six years, maybe he's just not used to it again. I mean, if his body couldn't take it there, then it couldn't take it anywhere, you know? So he really needs to think about if he's going to continue to get physical. You know? I mean, he's just glad he didn't get freaking buckle bombed into a turnbuckle this time, though. Yeah, he looked good out there, though, you know? Yeah, it's crazy to think, like, as good as he looked coming out of that, that, like, that took it out of him. Mm-hmm. Another person that recently had an interview, good old Ember Moon. Ember. She, uh, she spoke to Give Me Sports, and she said, uh, she was quoted talking about her return. She said, I, I started just looking, and I was like, I don't know if I fit in on Raw, I don't know if I fit in on SmackDown, but NXT, that's someplace I fit in. So I went and I had a meeting and I just told Triple H how I felt. And he was like, okay, if this is something you really want to do, F yeah, I would love to have you back. But we got to see because we all know that um, they really love you up there. 
And he said, honestly, the first call I made, it wasn't to my husband. It wasn't to any of my friends. It was to Triple H. I got a text from Triple H saying, welcome home. We got you back. And I was like, yes, I'm coming back, baby. And so I ended up staying an extra week filming all these vignettes because they asked me, what do you want to do? Um, Question. Listen, I just need opinions. Does anyone feel like, in your honest, humble opinions, that when she came back, she gained any weight? Just being Hello. completely honest. <laughs> We we all know the answer to this question. Come on. We know she got chunky. Yeah, because, uh, Jesus, hate to be in a spot like that where I don't want to really be mean about it. But she, okay, you know what? She's just too out of shape for the main roster. I was a little you bit more lenient with my words. And I I wonder if that's the way that it went, because I would send somebody back down to developmental that has put on weight the way that she did and it's not it's like it's because of her job so, you know she's an athlete she's always been chunky but i remember her as athena in ring of honor and i do not remember her looking like this maybe my so memory's he, serving me incorrectly and i got a break on my old ring of honor matches but i remember i don't remember her being a chunky person i never remember seeing her as athena and classifying her that way which for her own benefit for her own health benefits would probably need to fix that if that's what happened but what are you going to say that's so here's my only thing, though. She was, I, I my, my memory might be correct. She still looked skinnier on the main roster. I didn't start seeing the chunk until she came back in NXT. So it's like, it, it just, as usual with people who, as I've always put it, go home. It was, it was kind of funny to hear Triple H, to hear Triple H say the line, they really love you up there. And I'm like, if that's loving you, you might as well hate me. But uh <laughs> yeah, they really love her. Like, when did they push? What did they do with her up there? I don't even fucking they remember her up there. When she returned, I forgot that the last place she was wasn't NXT. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, she's all back. I'm saying is she's had two championship runs in the WWE. Both of them were in NXT. They could have easily done something with her on Raw and or SmackDown, and they did nothing. I'm telling you, the 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 the, the little the little bit the, the weight thing isn't even a factor they just don't know what they're doing because if that's the case alex alex the black must have blimped the fuck up i mean the weight doesn't bother me if she wasn't an athlete and she wasn't trying to get onto the sh- a show that's very picky but this isn't me being critical of her weight this is me being basically i guess just a- acknowledging the nature of the beast there's no way that they didn't have that conversation you know or have that or if they didn't have that conversation there's no way that those thoughts didn't go by you know what I mean? I'm looking at her now as Athena, you know, and I'm even looking at her in NXT like with a six pack. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I'm trying to remember. Because, yeah, I don't like, especially like how she looks now when it comes to the midsection. Yeah, I don't remember any of that being there when she was on Raw. I don't remember seeing that until she came back. You know, yeah, like, definitely not. And, and I'm like, I know my memory can't be that bad. Let me see. As yeah, Joe, she does still on. wrestle the same, but if there's anything proved, they don't care how you wrestle, they care how you look. I mean, they should. They're paying you a lot of money. You know, people are going to act like it's not fat shaming. It's just that they're paying you. This is part of the job. And I'm just saying that a lot of the time people will get sent down to a, to a lesser brand. You know, there is a Athena right there. That is the Athena character. Yeah, it's, uh, she is. She is definitely. She was curvy. Case. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she she's definitely yet another case of why you don't go up to the main roster. Just stay in NXT. I see. Just pick on pictures. Anyone listening to the podcast? Yeah. See. Version. Okay. Yeah. See. I remember. Yeah. When she was up on when she was on Raw the whole time she was on the main roster, that's about where she was because she came up not long after losing uh, the NXT title. Yeah. 
she ain't changed much. So I, I don't know what their excuse was, but, that's, but it, could, it couldn't have been way. Anyway, I kind of feel like that could have factored in at the end of the return, but anyway, I'm just saying if you're not naturally that size, if she's not naturally that size, that's something that they uh, should fix, you know, for her own sake. And it could factor into decisions in the future. You know what I mean? This is a company that does go into that. I'm not writing the fucking rules. I'm just reading from the rule book. What they would look for if they, if there's somebody else, if they have to choose between pushing her or Bianca Belair as the face of the women's division, who the, who do you think they're going to pick based on the way that they think? The way they think they'll put Peyton Royce on TV with their lack of intelligence. But now, hockey. <laughs> Yeah, but then again, I don't even try to think. I don't. I don't. I don't even try to run through their logic anymore, because with every, with everything that they do that makes sense, there's about thirty-two things that don't matter right after that. Yeah, but I can't criticize them for like this. Doesn't have anything to do with their performance. I'm agreeing with you on that. But I'm saying, like in this particular case, I'm just saying this is this is a situation of a. I brought it up briefly a few times when she brought it back, where it's just kind of like, for the kind of push that you're in this company to get, and for the image that they want to represent body positive and all that shit sure but they are going to choose other people that represent what they want which is one of the reasons why bianca belair is going to wrestlemania i i mean the writing's on the wall whether i acknowledge it or not the reality is that one person came up from nxt and for a while floundered another person that was in phenomenal shape that was an incredible athlete that clearly puts in the fucking hours got pushed to the moon and is going to have a WrestleMania moment almost straight out of the gate. And I don't think this is one of those cases of uh, this is just typical WWE. I think this is one of those cases of the system working correctly. Because with, in a company like that, you do push a Bianca Belair to the main roster. And you do have a WrestleMania moment with her. And with someone like Ember, you do bring her down to more of a developmental branch. And you do give her a chance to like fucking polish up. And you're saying maybe she just don't give a fuck. And I, I, to this, I say, well, then you were in good company because you were in the land of don't give a fucks if you don't want to push <laughs> and if you don't want anything to happen. Like if you're saying maybe she doesn't give a fuck, well, then she'll fit right in because trust me when I say that as little as you think they give a fuck, they even give less. They'll just throw her into obscurity and they won't even ever say why it is. You know what I mean? These are people who will fire you during a fucking pandemic. You don't think that they'll fire you because you couldn't put down that last bag of cheese doodles? You, are you shitting me? Have you seen hey, them? Hey, hey, you know what the bad part about it is? As much as I agree with that logic, they'll do shit that will completely throw it out of the window, knowing, lo and behold, why Andrade's not here anymore. When you're saying incredible that she's clearly been pushed, athlete, I'm like, when you're saying she clearly been pushed and she got a title, I'm, I'm just curious, which title specifically are you referring to? Right. What what main roster title did she get? Because when we're talking about, we're talking about like Raw and SmackDown, because I don't recall any championships, not even the fucking 24-7 title. Because Bo Dallas was the NXT champion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if we're talking just NXT titles, Bo Dallas has been champion. He's never been champion on the main roster. Or even Corey Graves was a tag champion. Andrade was a world champion. Andrade had NXT's first five-star match at TakeOver. Alistair Black was NXT champion. Sami Zayn was NXT champion. Tyler Breeze was, ta- was, was not only was Tyler Breeze NXT champion, he had a long run. He was like, and he's holding that shit. He was the face of NXT. Tyler Breeze, remember him? NXT champion. Cause there was a I lot can't of remember time, George, any remember Ember Moon stuff on the main roster. The, the, the most notable thing, yeah, George, but think about it. All the time she was on the main roster and all that time that she wasn't injured and they were just, they weren't using her. 
but when she was on the main roster had, pre-injury, what was her what was her greatest moment? Because there's people who have been there two seconds and then did more than they ever got to do. And it's like, even if that was the case, like, what would make her want to go back down? Because it damn sure in the injury. And you know what? She was hurt the whole time. She feel, I feel like she's always hurt. <laughs> even when she was on NXT. Remember the time we had to run a video on here years ago? There was like a crazy dive or some shit she did. She hit the outside like a suicide or something. She, she, she fucked up her shoulder. Like, I feel like we're always talking about this. I don't know well, what it was that happened on like she I think I know I remember that injury she was out for like maybe a couple of months. Whereas I don't know what happened in friggin' the main roster, but yeah, like she she got injured and I think she re injured herself rehabbing from another injury. And it's just like, yeah, just good good things don't happen to you on the main roster. You just it's like <laughs> like like we got remember um remember, no 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 George, she's not Kylie Ray it. Nobody Kylie raised us. Yeah, no, definitely not. Because when she left, she told people. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, I don't know. It's just it. The main reason I always have a hard time believing that they care that much is when I see guys in fantastic shape who are incredible athletes and they're doing fuck all. Because it's like the, the logic makes sense, and then they instantly deflate for me. Because it's like they'll they'll show a situation of the system working where it's like, hey, you're getting kind of pudgy. Let's send you back down. And then next thing you know, you see, holy crap, you have like a 25 pack and you do like a triple axle moonsault and land on the guy in like row B. And then it's just like, okay, so we're not even going to put you on main event. What? Like they do so much stupid shit. I almost can't even define their logic anymore. Well, like I said, get in better shape either way. You know, and then all yeah, the little arguments are valid. You know, get in better shape. Let's start with that better shape. That way the effort shows and you get picked up, go somewhere else. I don't know. Um, what else? What else? What else is relevant today? Because we probably got to get over to the weeklies pretty soon. Oh, yeah. I thought that you would like this. Apparently, it's been reported. Uh, Ringside got this exclusive. They were told that Ed Kosky is the main guy who handles the creative direction of Raw, and he handles more of the direction and booking than Bruce Pritchard. And he also works with the executive director to decide what gets pitched to Vince McMahon. So basically, they handle the creative elements and decide which ideas Vince McMahon needs to hear. And then McMahon will either reject or approve them. So, uh, but Bruce is still confirmed as the person who like, who tries to isolate Vince from ideas and other voices. But the last say goes to the Ed Kosky. So. Love, love pizza shit. But no, but what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw, screw those guys, though. That's just the way it is. I hate those there. guys so much. Like. They do all this dumb shit and unnecessary shit, and then they wonder why we get a riddle tonight. Can't wait to fucking talk about Raw. Holy shit. Oh, I guess that makes one of us. Oh, just that moment. That's a bad part because that shit fucking killed me. Ugh. All right. Last, I guess last thing to report, and then we can move on to the weeklies. Uh, Britt Baker was a guest on the podcast Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. I always don't know if I say her fucking real name correctly. Renee Young. I believe that is the correct, um, yeah, because I believe that is the correct pronunciation. Yeah. And she just talked about that unsanctioned match that she had. Uh, I figured I'd run that here and we could talk about it. Were you nervous because of the pressure of it or because of like, hey, we're using thumbtacks and we've got this ladder spot and like all oh. of this stuff involved? So the nature of the beast of the of like the the unsanctioned match, yeah, I was nervous because uh, it's it's gonna hurt. There's nothing, uh, no, no way around it. Like it's gonna hurt, but like I'm telling you, Renee, I was ready to die. Like I'm like, we're, let's 
fucking go. Let's go. Because I was, I was like, I'm, I've, I've been here from the beginning, from day one of AW. I was the first woman signed. I've been through it all with the, the women's division. They, it sucks. They're not ready for TV. They're this, they're that. And I feel like this was like the, the opportunity to prove the legitimacy of the division and say that like, no, we do have a dog in this fight in women's wrestling. So I was, I was just so motivated and I was so ready to go. And go, she did. She was 100% ready to drop dead for that fight. Yeah. Apparently, sometimes there's a lot of stuff like that, that uh, Sometimes you got to be ready to put your fucking life on the line for some of this there's shit. A, there's a lot of stuff they did in that match that Tony Khan tried to talk them out of, but then they they spoke to him and he was all right with it after, but he didn't want all of that. I guess he was scared for them. Yeah. There was definitely, in watching that match to a second time, yeah, there was a lack. There was, there was literally no fear in some of the stuff they were doing. There wasn't a moment where you would see them go for a bump and kind of almost have to like brace themselves or like count it off or something. It was just like, all right, set it up, let's go. Yep. Like Britt took bumps in that match. I haven't even seen the guys take like that. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty bananas. Pretty nuts, man. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about weekly stuff. Um, for for George's sakes, we'll talk about Impact first. Yeah, because there is some news coming out of there, unfortunately. <laughs> they're they're gonna be moving. And, right? You know what the funny thing is not even unfortunate, it's just like it's impact like the one the one of the things I heard about generally made me sad. Yeah, well they're gonna be moving to freaking uh Thursdays. Well uh, did you see the commercial for it? I didn't see the commercial, but I heard about the move. Here, here's the, here's this this year's commercial. Impact wrestling. We own the night. We don't any of you check your phones? I've been trying to get a hold of you. Guys, we're moving nights. But Scott, we own the night. We do. We own Thursday nights. We own Thursday nights. Impact Wrestling on Thursdays where we own the night. Yeah. Impact Wrestling, Thursdays at 8, 7 central on Access TV. Should <laughs> I, like I write that down? We own the night? No. Okay. It's one direction. That's funny. Didn't you guys get the memo? We got to move. Remember last time the one we played on here where it was pack your shit? It came on big letters on the screen. <laughs> yes. Pack your shit. When they found out the SmackDown was... <laughs> that was still my favorite. That, that was the most honest I've ever seen them. Pack your shit. <laughs> that is amazing. I remember because we wanted to make that the episode title, but we couldn't fucking do it. Like, but yeah, that they're is... moving to Thursday night, which was the original night that uh, TNA was on when they came to uh, Spike TV. Mm-hmm. So and they right literally now, came home in like the old schoolest way. It's been pointed out, even Solomon's pointed out that that f- fucking uh, NXT has not neither confirmed nor USA has confirmed. There anyone in WWE has confirmed this move because they're moving from Tuesdays so that they don't because NXT is moving from Wednesdays to Tuesdays and they don't want to compete against NXT, right? But it's <laughs> yeah. never been confirmed. So it's been pointed out that imagine if, like, it's not confirmed because it ain't happening and then they move to Tuesdays for no reason. Or they move to crazy. Thursdays for no reason. Oh, my God. That would be interesting. I mean, they're still probably, I've always considered Impact a Thursday show. Yeah, Thursdays always felt like the night that it was supposed to be on. Whenever it moved nights, it was always weird for me. And it bothers me because uh, 
I kind of like the idea of wrestling on Mondays and Thursdays and that being it. I miss those days. There's an oversaturation, which I think is one of the reasons I don't really fully even enjoy it anymore. And I'm looking at AEW and they're already going over the top. Tony Khan's talking about adding a third hour to Dynamite, which they really want to be like Raw. They're already overexposed. And when you look at it, Impact, not Impact, but AEW rather, they come on three days a week now because they have AEW Elevation on Mondays, which is like a two hour show. Then they have AEW Dark on Tuesdays. And then they have AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays. You get three days a week of AEW if you try to follow their whole product. Now, the way the wrestling landscape is going to be playing out is from now on, on Mondays, you're going to get AEW Dark and Raw. And then on Tuesdays, you're going to get NXT and AEW Dark. Well, I'm sorry, Elevation, Elevation and Raw. And then on Tuesdays, you get NXT and Dark. So in a sense, NXT is still competing. Now they're competing against AEW Dark, which is a show that they treat like a fucking real show. It's like two and a half hours sometimes. So there's, it's like there's a Tuesday night war. No one's really talked about this, but NXT is permanently going after fucking Dark because Dark's live on Tuesdays. So there's that now, which do you have that comparison? Finally, you get NXT by itself, I guess, on all. Well, what do you get on Wednesdays now? You get Dynamite by itself. Yeah, Wednesday you get just Dynamite. Just dynamite. So they take their, they, they going up against Raw on, on the first half of Monday. They going up against NXT on the first half of Tuesday, both, both days from YouTube. And then they get dynamite. They get Wednesdays the floor all to themselves with dynamite. And then Thursdays, Impact packed their shit and they're there now. Friday is SmackDown. You see what I mean? There's wrestling five days a week. Yeah. And now that I think about it, even Impact. It's going to be, in a way, going head-to-head because NXT UK comes... Well, it's not going to be directly because NXT UK is usually in the early afternoon. But yeah, NXT UK is on Thursday. And that doesn't count when people choose to watch NWA Power. And I'm not even talking about Ring of Honor. Holy fuck. I'm not even talking about Ring of Honor. I'm not talking about if you choose to keep up with New Japan. Lucha Underground is in discussions to come back, by the way. Yes. (laughs) Just in case there's not enough wrestling out there. Jesus. How are they even going to do that, right? I don't know. You go ahead and pick and choose some shit. First of all, to tell you something right now, one of y'all motherfuckers getting sacrificed for Lucha Underground. I'm just telling you that shit right now. All right. <laughs> I've already started my sacrificing. Be. I don't even watch Elevation. I can't watch Elevation on Mondays, man. That's not happening. I can't. That's a stupid time slot, and it's too much wrestling. I don't like Dark not watching that. Um, You know, I'm barely getting Dynamite in. They're lucky I watch the shit that I do. You know, there's too much. There's too much right now. But anyway, let's let's take a look at some of the stuff that happened on Impact this week. I'm actually looking at it for the first time because speaking of too much, I'm not watching Impact every week. I'll watch the clips on here with you guys and we can talk about what they're doing and then you can go and tune in and I'll Sometimes link them all. The and I'll watch the papers and I'll cover that. It's not personal to them, you know. Let me see here. Uh, the first thing, apparently the knockouts have some sort of a 12-woman tag match. I, I cherry-picked through some of their stuff things to look at and the only reason this one intrigued me is because i didn't even know they had 12 women to be completely <laughs> serious let's turn this down a little bit who look can we see who's here that's who that's tenille that's tenille that's on the ground who's the girl who all right i remember alicia edwards obviously well, then we got odb we got giant havoc we got havoc with the giant skin look at the size of havoc now man I like Kimberly. I've always liked her. Sammy Callahan, have fun. Jesus Christ. I don't think they used Kimberly properly because I always liked her in the Indies. 
Yeah, she's great. I don't know what happened to her. She's a freaking Diana Perazzo sidekick. And Jordan coming with the heavy forearm yeah. right now. Uh, with Tosh Steel. Damn. Everything you need to know about the knockouts division is playing. Yeah, it looks good. They're, they're doing stuff. Uh oh, is this guy setting up for some sort of crowd dive? Oh, look, here called group crowd dive. Oh, even Ball Jazz is out there. Why the fuck is she bald? I always wondered that, right? She's been bald right, for a while I, now. I, I didn't even know that she cut her hair and then one day I just see her and I was like, that's Jazz? Jazz is really good. They're lucky to have a veteran like that there. Oh, yeah. That's a vet and a half, right? And they got that Hogan girl out there, too, right? Yeah, the one that thinks everybody's stealing her style because they breathe air or some kind of shit. Right. All right, well, I don't know. this... What do you think of the state of division, their, their women's division, which, by the way, I used to think was the greatest women's division in, in wrestling? Oh, my God. There's, like, a few names in there, like, very few, but there's, like, a few. And the only reason is is just because it's people I remember from either other places or people who used to be there, like Havoc, a former knockout champion, the same as ODB. Jazz, I've been watching that bitch. Wrestle, I watched her wrestle at WrestleMania 19 the other day. Like... But if you could pluck anyone from this roster of women out of these 12, who would you pull in that you think would give you value? It would have been Jordan Grace, hands down. Like That Maybe girl is... It, yeah, Jordan Grace would have been my choice because she's an incredible athlete, strong as all hell. Like I feel like that's somebody who... I don't know if I could build a division around, but I could damn sure use her as a selling point. I honestly don't really... As people in here that I don't really see anybody who I would put in another roster right now that they would that would they would benefit or the roster would benefit or anyone would benefit right now, honestly, man. A lot of this stuff feels like been there, done that shit, and then the rest of it that's new doesn't feel refreshing at all. Yeah, like just forgetting Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steele, like what 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 about me is supposed to sell supposed to sell me like these are the knockout tag champions. Like, yeah. And when like I see I said, Jazz, I Jazz in here, I'm like, the fuck is Jazz doing? <laughs> yeah, I would use her as a trainer. And the other girl, the one that was the blonde, it was Abby Lath in the... Uh, uh, Kimberly? Kimberly, the one that was in the May Young. I would I would like to see... I always wanted to see her get a push, but that's really about it. It's like, we don't and even then know it's like with the whole good. Susan and thing. Like, the Susan thing Sue sucks. And just stop. Like, right. The Susan the thing Susie, sucks. See, see, see I, I watched some of the Susie thing. The Susie thing was okay. And it was just because it was like, oh, it's her complete opposite. Susan, Sue Young's all dark and demented. This girl's all bubbly and happy. Fucking Susan's just like, she looks like a, she looks like when, um, I don't know if you remember this, but when the beautiful people thought they were hanging out with Sarah Palin. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just looks like a shittier version of that. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, there is your, uh, there is the link right there for you guys. Uh, all right. Well, what else do we got in our bag of impact tricks here in our Excelsior bag? We got uh, this one's called Kenny Omega in is in the impact zone. What is this? Just him being in the impact zone? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who named their YouTube clips, but I swear they overhyped the shit out of these things. Let's see what it is. If there's anything that's worth reporting on in here, oh, there's like twelve minutes. I, Damn. I'm with this thing, brother. Yeah, let's go. Right, about the tag title. Jump across. Here. The magnitude of this. Oh, we don't get the North Carolina thing here. Yeah, they can't afford that much. It's funny that one of their biggest stars isn't theirs. Right. Unlike anything we've ever seen in professional wrestling. 
What is him being here? And I, it, in this day and age, it's hard to say anything is a first. But this is a first where the AEW champion, Kenny Omega, is going to take on the Impact World Champion, Rich Swan. Winner take all. Nothing like this has ever happened in wrestling. Okay, well, what, what is this? Is this a promo or just him hanging out? Or what the fuck are we seeing here? You can fire her if you want. It's fine. You do whatever you want. Here. Time. Most valuable resource. And you're wasting it. Don, please. We'll get some better people in here. We're due for a house cleaning. You can fire whoever you want. This is your home as well as my home. And soon. This land is your land. I love this. This land. God, you're I a did. Baby. Is there anything you can't do, Kenny it. Omega, by God? Soon this won't just be your home. Soon you will also have the title belt, the world championship associated with this home. And as I often do, you know, preparation is so important. I've been doing a little preparation. I've been greasing the wheels, so to speak. You know, I came out here last week and I had a little talk with our Impact World Champion, Rick Swan, And I told him how great he is because he's a great athlete phenomenal fantastic fantastic athlete great wrestler great human being and you know you think i place a high standard on human beings i mean they gotta be a good person to work here kenny you absolutely know what I mean? he's a great person but i pointed out to rich swan kenny uh-huh. that the one problem he has uh-huh. he can make all the money uh-huh. he can have a beautiful wife and family uh-huh. He can make a miraculous recovery from a broken leg. Uh-huh. But the one thing. Doesn't this like a sound bite when he does that shit? Out of his head is the one way. This is more of a fucking Don Callis promo than a Kenny Omega promo. I remember regretting every moment of this. Is there anything else in fucking here? George, help us. Look at this. They're still in here. Holy shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This whole fucking thing was going to be them. Staff. <laughs> Put together. A Academy Award. Oh, bro. I don't even care where this is going at that point. And they put together a fucking video package of this. Look at this. I, I thought it was over, but no, it, it went back to the fucking promo after that. Any Holy of shit. But rest assured, Impact Wrestling, from the first day that I graced your promotion, it was the greatest day of your promotion's life. But for me, it was, it was Tuesday. He stole that from fucking Raul Julia's bison. He took that from Raul Julia's bison. You remember that shit? I can't even believe what I just experienced here. Are you fucking kidding me right now, Raul? That is worth it. That That one line made it worth it. He literally bisoned. Holy shit. Even knowing how much of a video game Mark Omega is, even that surprised. Oh, dude. I knew it. <laughs> as soon as he was saying it, I'm going to bring that up now. You know I can't go any further without bringing no, up Raul yeah. Julia. We can't have a Raul Julia fucking clip. You know, we can't have that Raul Julia moment without that. Yeah, just bear with me because it's, it's live, guys. But yeah, he used the, he used the Street Fighter line. But then again, they shouldn't be surprised. What was it that Dynamite where he and the Bucks came out dressed up like Street Fighter characters? Yeah, but not Street, not John Claude Van Damme Street Fighter, you know? <laughs> like it was yeah, Raul Julia, John Claude Van Damme Street Fighter commentary going on here. That motherfucker went for Bloodsport. Con- that's amazing. You ever think about the fact that Raul Julia's final role before he passed was Bison? Right. Damn. 
And I love it because it comes off like a bison that he didn't bother to research. Like it was like they gave him the role and he was just like, whatever, bison, I'm a villain. And he plays it very flamboyantly. Like think about the brutality, the psycho power of the bison that you know in the games. And you have this guy going, Colonel Guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm God. <laughs> Fucking bison, man. I love it. <laughs> That's the shittiest character depiction I have seen, or the most off point since Simon Belmont and Captain N the Game Master. Do you remember that? Whip! Oh, Oh, I purged it till this moment. Oh, man. Gomez Adams. That was a great role. Those movies, man. I watched those recently. Or I watched the first one. I should watch the second one, actually. That are family movies from that era. Somebody out there, I know one of you fuckers has the technology. You need to fucking clip that shit and I'm going, Kunegaya. Just the way he sound that flame. <laughs> Listen, to the, here we go, here we go, we got it, we got it. It was 20 years ago. You hadn't promoted yourself to general yet. You were just a petty drug lord. You and your gang of murderers gathered your small ounce of courage to raid across the border. For food, weapons. I love that he's changing his bison clothes. Like he has a little wardrobe thing. Like, look at how these are things you never think of when you're looking at bison. Like, look at that. He put his gloves and his M bison shit down. Like, he's back to change his clothes. He changed it to another M bison hat. A simple man with a simple Like, this is like a parody. Look at that. His robe. Like, he, he, he has like a night outfit that's just the same shit with like, what is that? Like, I don't even know what to call it. That pattern that he has over. Like, it's awful. We're driven back oh my God. by farmers with pitchforks. Look at this. What is he in a robe? An M. Bison robe? Yes. My father saved his village at the cost of his own life. You had him shot as you ran away. A hero at a thousand paces. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) He thought that he he thought that that's what they they meant when they told him that he's going to be a boss in this. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, fucking amazing. Right, Kenny Omega? It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. For us, the day Peacock scrubbed all of the pay-per-views off of the WWE Network was the worst day in wrestling history. I don't know what day of the week it was, but it was a day where I didn't pay for that horse shit. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, man. So we get another, oh, my God. We get another one of these uh, AEW Kenny Omega. I guess Kenny Omega's there with them with the Tony Khan ad spot now. (laughs) Now they're all together. That's nice. I remember the one where they had like the whole group of them there, right? Yeah, no, they were was it fucking Brian Cage was ripping on them for being their world champion. The following announcement is paid for by All Elite Wrestling. And I'm standing here with the owner of AEW, the Forbidden Door himself, Mr. Tony Connor. We've got some very special invited guests as well. The AEW world champion, the AAA mega champion, a man who will vie for the Impact Championship coming up very, very soon. We're talking about the one and only Kenny Omega along with Don Callis. And tomorrow night on Dynamite, live on TNT, 
Kenny Omega will face Matt Seidel. Don't forget, tickets are available at AEWTIX.com. It'll be in Jacksonville live, Mr. Khan. Thank you very much, Tony. And we've invited Mr. Omega and Mr. Callis here today for our special paid ad on Impact Wrestling for tomorrow night's AEW Dynamite Live so that they can talk about Kenny's match with Matt Seidel with huge implications potentially. Tomorrow night, Matt Seidel wrestles you live in Jacksonville on AEW Dynamite. And if Matt Seidel wins, he gets a title shot against you on Dynamite. No, 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 no. I I did the math, Tony. I did the math. There's a, approximately a 0% chance that that's going to happen. It's nothing against Matt Seidel, but nothing. he's getting in nothing. the ring with literally the god of pro wrestling. Every night, when you step into the ring on AEW Dynamite, anything can happen, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a great it's going to be a great night of wrestling. You guys put me in a position I never wanted to be in last week hey, at Elevation. Hey, let me cut you off right there. Anything can happen. Anything can happen, right? Okay, how about this for anything can happen? Just pay that. We're walking out. We're walking out. Let's get out of here. Done. Let's get out of here. Tony, yeah, put me out. Dad, you're supposed to be paid. Yeah. We didn't get a dime for That's this. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you're paid by me. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a great show tomorrow night on AEW Dynamite. The TNT title's on the line. Kenny Omega's going to be there. Tone, tell them all about this huge card. Tomorrow Night Live, you'll also see the native beast Nyla Rose with Victor Guerrero try to smash Ty Conte in a rematch of a women's eliminator tournament. In trios action, the Pinnacles FTR and Sean Spears will take on the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin of Top Flight. The AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, will team with Brandon Cutler, and they will battle the Lucha Brothers with Laredo Kid, who's making his AEW return. Plus, the TNT champion Darby Allin will defend his title against John Silver of the Dark Order. And Matt Seidel will battle Kenny Omega in an AEW World Championship Eliminator match. AEW Dynamite goes live down tomorrow night on TNT. Okay. I didn't know that he walked out on the ad. <laughs> that, that shit caught me off guard. I was like, oh, you just leave these things? Okay. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> I love Good you, Kenny. Just because he's such a dick. It's great. Yeah, at least he's doing something because that dry Kenny Omega we were getting at first just wasn't working. But I feel like that Kenny led to this Kenny. Like he was like, he was like, wait a minute, I could be tag teaming with Adam Page, or I could be Kenny fucking Omega. Yeah, that's the long and short of it. Yeah. All right. Well, there were like some top five must see moments from Impact. Should we go through that or just move to Dynamite? Oh God, let's see what these top five are. Fuck it, I'm. Yeah, right. I'll try to just bumper through it if that's what it's even called on here. Do <laughs> it the howdy. Now, Dilo, you're a bigger guy. What do you do when a guy kicks out after you hit him something like that? What's your mind like? Callahan's mind games. Like what do we got here? I put all that right that's there. that dude Baba Toon there, right? Oh, yeah. cutter. Nicely done. <laughs> Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I never even brought it up on screen. That's not that. Right? That, that's not, oh, I'm sorry. Why'd I call him that? How about doing it? What the fuck? This thing is rolling around. <laughs> oh, no, no, that, that's fucking AC Romero. I was just thinking of, I was just thinking of bad, uh, no, not him. Oh, you're Trey Miguel. Showing all the passion, all the fight. Rascal that didn't leave. What is Sammy doing here? Sammy Callahan shows up. I'm totally not invested in any of this. What was the other top moment? Hey, it just hit. It's the, talking about top five moments. I guess it's from this past impact. They said top five, and that shit sounded like impact oh, all the time. No, dude, I thought you meant. Oh no, I thought you. I know what they meant. I meant top five of this last week. I wouldn't oh. just go into sudden top five. I'm not out here reminiscing, man. I'm trying to cover this week, motherfucker. <laughs> you wow. were looking for. You thought there was gonna be good shit in here. No, you're wrong. Yes. 
I feel lied to now. <laughs> no, man, I'm talking about this week, top five. What's this? X Division controversy. What happened in the X Division? Oh, look, it's TJP and uh, and the the purple version of fucking uh, this dude. He's also the new champion. Detonation kick. I miss seeing that. Nice. You hear piped in crowd noises? Yeah, with no crowd that you could see. Damn, man. That was crazy. And then they get interrupted. So that led to nothing. What else do we got? Who's that? They came out. I don't know who the fuck that is. Who are these people? There's nothing good going on. You lied to us, George. Eddie Edwards fighting against uh, what, Anderson. Yeah. Okay. What else? Jesus. We've been winning too. We've been winning all over Japan. We've won in Tokyo. We've won in Sendai. We've won in Osaka, Fukuoka, Nagoya. You name it. We've won because we're the Impact World yeah. Champions. And we know how much you guys just hate carrying your own bags. But I hope it's just a little bit easier now that they're about ten pounds lighter. But don't worry, boys. Don't worry. You guys have your rematch. Here. Juice Robinson. Then, good old juice and freaking just for you guys Finn. David Finley. just like old times comply and at the pay-per-view when I had two count them two more belts to my collision we already heard more we heard more Mega than I want to hear you know you get the general point that was that was impact in a nutshell George fell asleep. That's how boring it was. I'm just kidding. Now, they have some good stuff going on there. You know, I can't criticize them. They seem to be uh, on point here. They probably don't scrub the shit out of their Impact Plus, too, so that's nice. Yeah, they don't scrub their their content. So, uh, yeah, that brings us to AEW, right? We can start with AEW now? Yep. Yeah, just going to jump through some bullet points here. You had Matt Seidel against Kenny Omega. Um. I like certain things Kyla says as a heel were funny. Like when he said that Omega is giving a young upstart like Matt Seidel a chance. That shit his, killed me, then, bro. Was it JR who was like, he's he's older than Omega? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why I love the fact that like there's nobody in their ear, so they just go on a whim. Yeah, and but Even this is another the organic line. It was great. I just love how little of a shit JR gets here. Yeah, but this was another case of me not enjoying the wrestling because uh. Seidel kicks out of a V-trigger Then a bunch of other shit There's just so much offense on him Then he hits another V-trigger And then Seidel recovers from that uh, And he's in electric chair position Essentially to put him into the one-winged angel But he counters the V-trigger into a poison rana uh, I mean, you know It's like, talk about not keeping Kenny's move safe Like this, like, it's like He kicks out of everything uh, I mean, yeah, the I only that, thing it Really that was protected in this whole move set Was that one-winged angel yeah, let me see if I could bring some stuff up so as we talk about it, because I like with the Wednesday stuff to like talk a little bit about what the hell was going on here. Do I got it here? Yeah, I got it here. Just bear with me one minute. Okay, so yeah, because Sido, he does a counter off the top rope, which I thought looked really cool into like a victory road yeah. and a victory roll. I don't know why I said victory road. This is an impact. Impact sex. Oh, no. Nobody's high in the main event. This one. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, look at this here. 
That is world class once in a millennium this athleticism you just witnessed. Watch this. And he's got oh, he's looking for the one winged angel again. Recalls off that rope, comes forward like that. Look at this, the victory roll one. Nice, two, right? One. That was nice. Yeah. Very, very good looking. That's one thing I can always give Matt Seidel when he does stuff like that, it always comes out looking great. Yeah. But like it was like, like literally it was like literally three or four V triggers later he, he uh finally puts him down with the one winged angel. Like there, man. You know, talk about resilience from this guy. Yeah. So I will say this is one thing I like with uh one one concept I like that AEW does is these world title eliminator matches where it's like if you want to jump the line, you can't just promo your way there. The whole purpose of these eliminator matches are you have to pin the world champion to get a title shot. You can't just be like, hey, promo, 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 we like your stuff, title shot. Like, no. If Matt Sayle wanted a freaking title shot and couldn't win his way to the top, hey, you pin Kenny Omega, you got one right away. Yeah. So Christian challenges Frankie Kazarian backstage when Frankie approaches him and he asks him, when does the work start? You're saying that you're going to outwork everyone. When does the actual work start? Which I think that's a terrible gimmick for Christian, but whatever. Yeah. Um, they, they I do like treat- that, that this is going to be his first AEW match because those two do have history in uh, TNA before. They uh go a little bit too far with the uh treating Christian and Christian Cage like they're two separate entities, you know? Like this isn't Christian, this is Christian Cage. You know, like I'm not I'm not really buying it. I'll see how they use them though. Uh what else? What else? What else? Oh yeah, the Pinnacle. Their new music sounds like the old horseman music. Like it couldn't sound fucking listen to the Pinnacle music. I have it here. From the inner circle since that time. I mean you would have to imagine that at some point the inner circle. No, I got to start it from the beginning so you can hear this shit. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I don't even have the horseman music queued up or anything, unfortunately. So you'd have to go by memory on that. But listen to how it sounds. This is a trio's tag match set for one fall with a 20-minute time limit. Oh, Representing <laughs> at a total combined weight of 675 pounds. You know that had to be probably Cash Wheeler and the chairman, Sean Spears. Well, before we get to the... That shit sounds like the horseman music, bro. You know, Tully was in the back like, yo, this is going to be like the horseman. We got to give him horseman-like music. Fuck you. But then again, gotta, it kind of shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't surprise us that they would do that. They have two of them in the company. It's just so blatant, though. Yeah. But then again, they've been pretty blatant about the fact that like, this is going to be like their version of the Horseman in some way. Like, they haven't been hiding it. Like. I got to bring the Horseman one up now. Oh, yeah. So that we can do the comparison here. Bear with me here. But you hear it in that shit, right? And, like, the guitar, yeah, once, once the guitar riff hits. I like, thought it was the music at first I when it first the started. Horseman. That's all I see. If I'm not looking at the screen, I think the horsemen are coming out. That's amazing. Well, that was one of my favorite wrestling intros, man. That song, when I used to hear that shit, I was like, wow, that sounds like... Bad. That's why I always used to get excited whenever uh, WWE would bring like Arn back or somebody, because they'd play the horseman music. That's the kind of music that you, you give people when they're badasses, you know what I mean? Like, those are, like, real... Like, those that was, like, real men type shit, you know what I mean? I miss when wrestling were guys I would want to grow up and be like... You know, like, like I miss when I was like, I want to beat up at the lunch table. I want to be these guys. Like, that's what you would get when you hit that horse. I don't get it with this one, but it sounds like that's what it's trying to be. You know, bear with me. I'm trying. I'm trying to cue it up here. It takes a, it takes a minute when it's on guys. Yeah. Only by choice, because I literally prefer to just bring it into our system rather than run it from outside of it. 
so that weird shit doesn't happen. I don't need a Crest commercial or something. Do we still have Crest? They must, right? No one uses that shit, though. They still got fucking hosts and probably still got Crest. Bear with me. Just saying, I saw a Dairy Queen commercial earlier today. If that shit's still going on, Crest's got to be going. Okay, here we go. Yeah, let me bring it back because it actually has whoever made this. There's actually a video that goes to it, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, check this. It sounds like it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the song. Yeah, that's a different version of it from the the one they used during the uh, the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, I think it was probably the last version I heard. It's definitely a different one. So yeah, they used the original one in that one. Yeah, where's the original one? Because it sounds even more like the original one. Would this be it? I didn't realize how many they had. Holy shit! I kind of walked into a trap with this. I only remember the main one. Yeah, this is the one. Come yeah. right away. That's the one. Yeah. Remember that shit? You see Flair and Anderson and them come out with that? <laughs> you knew some shit was about to go <laughs> Love the song. Get goosebumps here. Yeah, I love the horse, man. But yeah, when I heard that other shit for a minute, I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. But then it, it kind of doesn't do it. Like, it kind of sounds like it was gonna. It's almost like they are. It, it's, it's like they wanted to do it, but they did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the music is a representation of the stable. We wanted to, but we didn't. At the end of the day, we decided not to. Trust me, we, we were going to go full blast, but then it was like, no, no. no. But then we didn't. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Let's get back on track. I want to bring back our what we were watching here as far as the pinnacle. But yeah, so they came out with that. Um what do you think of the group so far? Um, I still need a little bit more time just to kind of like adjust to it. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, so, so far, one of my favorite things is just the way it just come, like the two, the, it was basically two different storylines. It's just where I'm coming out of the blue, but, um, I'm definitely going to take a little bit more time with them to kind of see how I feel. But so far, no real complaints. I mean, it's giving Sean Spears something to do. Keeping FTR in the mix. MJF pretty much has his own fashion now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's still it's, in the early stages, though. That's my thing. Like, yeah, it's still it's still a work in progress. But yeah, so the pinnacle comes out with their new whole setup it's thing here. Even the images and shit that they use are crazy, right? Like, what the fuck? They're literally letting you know this is like a spin-off horse. 
before we get to this matchup. How about next week, JR? Yeah. So they do give a, they do have a horseman vibe to them. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. MJF That's is the only one who's a little bit like, strange, you know, like MJF sort of doesn't fit the horseman vibe. Or if he does, maybe I'm missing the one that he would be. I guess it would have been like if the horseman had like a younger one in there. Yeah. Cause you know, with the, with the original horsemen, they were all kind of around the same, I wouldn't even say age, but at least like point in life. But yeah, like when, when they were starting to do this thing with, uh, Tully and FTR and then bringing in Spears, I always kind of figured, I was like, okay, they're trying to make themselves a horseman. MJF and Warlow is not something I expected to come into it, but I mean, hey, but it's a, you know, he's more of a million dollar man. You know what? He's probably, I don't know why it's the, obviously staring me in the face, but the only one, and I guess that's what they're trying to go for him. Is he trying to, is he going to be like their nature? Like that's the nature boy of the thing? Cause you got the, uh, the tag team, you got your tag team guys. You know what I mean? You got your muscle. The only one that's missing that I wouldn't be able to label any of these other guys as would be like the nature boy gimmick. You know what I mean? Like if you have that, that style and profiling rich guy. Maybe that's just sort of. I mean, he has the he has that diamond rings. All right, we'll see how it goes. He's a little more obnoxious though. Like Nate was like oozing yeah. charisma, even as a fucking heel. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of like I don't feel that way about MJF. He's good at what he does, and he stays in character, but he's no Nate. Yeah, but then again, I mean, hey, at only twenty five, he's got plenty of time to get there. So, what I do like, and maybe it's just because it's the Luchador fan in me, I like that they call it a trios match and not a six man. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I do like that. Like that's, they, yeah. Like I said, maybe it's the luchador fan in me, but like you hear everybody else calling it a six man, you don't hear too many people calling trios matches. Yo, there was this part. Let me see. Am I am I at the right part here? Yeah, I am. Sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to get this. This oh, guy, this uh, I was thinking about this Dante Martin guy, man. Fucking, you see, he did a springboard move, so he landed on his feet and kept fighting. Look at this, that motherfucker. Watch this shit here. Did make the blind tag. Oh, from and he landed on his feet. How the fuck is that possible? Because that and he took both guys out and he landed clean flat on his feet. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. Dude, these top flight guys are nuts. He landed on his feet with like video game like precision, like it was fucking nothing. That is a terrifying level of athleticism, people. Very impressive, what? man. Oh. It's just crazy that like that happened. You know, I, when I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, normally somebody would not be able to do that. There's just way too many different factors of gravity involving. He did it like nothing. He did it in a tag. You know what I mean? He was coming into the match that way. That was like the best start to a hot tag I've ever seen in my life. And these are the things that really depress me in regards to AEW because it, fe- it feels like these young guys are really working their ass off in ways that you've never seen before. And it's not really them that's the issue. It's just like the structure of the show, for some reason, seems to always suffer in AEW, you know? And it's, and I think it's that structure that, uh, that's giving them the bad stigma, you know? Like the fact that that first match was Kenny Omega, who's like a top guy, and he's fighting in a match where he's essentially having to hit somebody with like four or five finishers, you know, before they decide that they're going to do like a tag match, you know? And then you don't think there's too many stables. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more than I've seen anywhere else. That's for damn sure. Like, everyone's in a stable. How could you not be in a stable at this point? For your own safety, you would need to be in a stable just because otherwise everyone else would have backup but you. And then this show, they once again did that booking thing that I find is weird. It almost feels like they do it on purpose because it happens so often. But it goes from the, the new Pinnacle stable, which is a stable showing us how good everything is between them. 
segueing to another stable showing us how good everything is, which is uh, the team task. Only in this version, everything isn't good because they're showing that everything's good. But now it's Brian Cage who's clearly skeptical of cons- and he's clearly considering defecting from the stable. But then they do it again because it goes from a guy that's considering defecting from his stable and leaving his people behind to someone else defecting from a stable to leaving his people behind because QT Marshall is fucking interviewed now by, by Tony, by Tony Schiavone, you know, and then just in case you're not taken out of the immersion enough by this unusual way of going from thing to thing, QT Marshall's heel promo is him pointing out the fact that his wife, who he's known since he's eight years old, number one, heels shouldn't pro- have childhood wives. If you do, don't point it out. You're turning heel. You're going to give me the Peter and MJ fucking story as you turn heel? Okay. And also, did they just forget that the last storyline he was in was one where Bunny cleaned him out of all of his money and left him, which was why he he was getting the support of the fucking road family? <laughs> yeah. So wait a minute. You've known your wife since eight years old. There's some missing storyline in here. Did you, talk about that. We what about the about bunny? <laughs> oh, look, George said it too in a chat, right? The bunny fucking exactly. You see? People can't pay attention to this shit, man. You know, and they just acted like we wouldn't remember. Like, what happened to that bunny thing? And you came out there with that heel promo that was about your eight-year-old wife? Or that came out terribly. I was about to say, yo, if somebody would have came in, that would the first thing they heard. We'd have got canceled so fucking fast. <laughs> That's canceled culture, man. Shit. So he's a cheater, too. And he, and his wife lost some money. She's loyal as fuck because she stood by him after that. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty fucking realistic. Some people out there, I don't know why the fuck else they with somebody's been on. <laughs> Craziness, man. But you see what I mean? It just goes, to, there's too many moments of it going through the same things. The way it's booked, some of these things should be put off for another week when they come off too, too similar, you know? Yeah. That's the only thing that I ask. But yeah, I do want you to look at some of this, or at least the people who haven't yet see some of this shit with Phoenix. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Just like we're just looking at, we just look at Phoenix Man, shit every week. Just important to do that. There. Ray Phoenix very wisely rolling to the ropes out of... The way of the pin! <laughs> like any match this guy is in, anything that he's involved in, all of the stuff that happened with him is completely fucking nuts. Look at this. Look at that bump he took there. Every time I see, what is, what is this guy, man? In fucking destructible. Like, holy shit. I gotta go back just a little bit. <laughs> all that stuff is cool too, you know, that spike pile driver and everything. But fucking Phoenix, some of the bumps he takes is kind of like, how are you okay? Nick Jackson with the Escalera. Oh, oh my God. Matt Jackson, though. Oh, the Dude, he landed on his head. And then look at this. Spanish fly. With Laredo Kid, man. Incredible finish there. Wild. Who was it? Um, It might have even been arn anderson they said they when they see phoenix they think of like ray mysterio when it comes to like a lot of the stuff he can do his level of athleticism when it comes to luchador yeah i totally can see that yeah and you know the bad part i would even say he at what some of the stuff i've seen him do he's almost beyond it at this point because like he does stuff you shouldn't be able to do <laughs> well the thing about it is that with ray mysterio it's not really about the stuff that he does anymore so much as when he does it how he does it and a lot of it with ray also became yeah. about what he doesn't do like ray mysterio is the greatest luchador of all time and it's not because of even though it's what brought him into the spotlight it's not because of anything that he did on nitro yeah 
You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's one of the instances of WWE system working very well. Because as much as we liked it, I think as teenagers, we were dazzled by a lot of the high spots and shit that Ray was doing. Because no one at the time was doing what you see Kalisto and Lurito Kid and all these other guys do constantly now. But when you really look at it, that Rey Mysterio wasn't a very well-rounded wrestler for the same reason a lot of these matches aren't very well fucking well-rounded. It was cool to watch, but go back and look at that. The Rey Mysterio that came to WWE, was he basically became main event Rey Mysterio. It was unfathomable that the Rey Mysterio that was in the Cruiserweight division in Nitro, as cool as he was, would be main event material. And the Rey that we experienced in WWE, it was like, it became, where else would this guy be? And to do that with a cruiserweight, that's what makes him the greatest of all time. Somebody at that size, for the majority of his career in the WWE, the least accepting place of not only luchadors, but small people, was always considered a main event guy and was the world champion. You know what I mean? So that alone is something that a lot of these guys probably can't even begin to aspire to. They're going to always, and I don't mean any disrespect, but they'll always be luchadors and cruiserweights it's very unlikely you would see like one of them in the spot that Ray was in. You know what I mean? Like Ray Mysterio is a cruiserweight and a luchador that fights heavyweights and everybody else that is not limited to his division. As a matter of fact, he hardly fucks with the cruiserweights. That's not even, it's like that's out of his league. You know what I mean? And he's someone who can also have like a good match without doing almost any cruiserweight stuff. It is a testament to show that like, even now he works really good with practically no legs. When you look at it, his knees are all fucked up. He doesn't get to do the spots he does, but everything he does still looks oh, better and cleaner than, than most. Dang, I got magic legs. You know, like a lot of these guys, it's big shoes to fill, man. It's really fucking big shoes to fill. They don't use Ray and they limit his use because who, why waste him on Raw's and SmackDown? Keep him in a tag team with Dominic. That's actually smart. Yeah, you know, but like Dominic, somebody sure. like, somebody like that and good Lord, man. Yeah. But I mean, that's a hell of a nod for Phoenix to even be mentioned the same name as Ray though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Phoenix is up there. You know what I mean? He's up yeah. there. And I think over time he can do that. But I don't think that's what he's going for, man. If he was trying to be the next Remister, he wouldn't be throwing himself all over the fucking place exactly. like that. I think he's just trying to be the first and only Phoenix. Yeah, which is fine. Which is 100% fine. So, uh, but yeah, afterwards Omega comes out and he winds up beating up Phoenix there, right? And then he has like a promo where uh, another angry, we get a lot of angry Omega promos in this in this fucking week, right? Right. Oh, wow. He's flipped. He's flipped. <laughs> Fracture. I'm having vivid flashbacks here, Matt. I bet. I'm having vivid flashbacks. I'm remembering 2019, the first ever Fighter Fest. All the players are here, aren't they? Yeah, I remember you. You from Dodge. AAA. Remember you from the first ever Fighter Fest? What happened, guys, huh? What happened? I'm recalling three years ago when we all had a choice. Yeah. Well, I had a choice. <laughs> Twelve-year friendship. Friendship. I would have liked to call that family. Would like to have called that family. Huh? You guys are family men. You know what that's like? Three years ago, I had a choice. And what did I do? Did I choose to stay at my home with the people that loved me? With the people that I loved? With the fans that loved me, the fans that I loved back? No. Did I go to greener pastures to New York? No. Where did I choose? <laughs> it's quite obvious, isn't it? And I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, well, Kenny, you chose AEW. I never chose AEW. I chose you. 
I chose the Young Bucks. I chose the vision that we created three years ago to make this the best wrestling promotion on the planet. And rather than sit in the high school cafeteria with the cool kids and the captain of the football team, you chose Brandon Cutler. I choose you. And you never chose me back. And yeah, sure, maybe Mr. Callis can come off as a little abrasive. But I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you guys one more chance. One more chance. Toss it up. This is ego Are you out of with control. Me? Out of control. Toss it up for the toss it up for the hard cam. Are you guys with me? It's now or never. It's now or never. Look. I may not agree with everything Don has said, but look at you guys. You have changed. You I love that he was like toss friend. it up for the hard cam. You chose him over me. <laughs> stand with me now. That's breaking kayfabe right there. Chance, Matt. And that's it. I guess that's the finale of them being together, right? Back on yeah. Kenny Omega. Go be their cameraman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Carry their towels. Carry their gear bags. We're done. We are done. We are done. Oh! <laughs> and then the these guys get involved. <laughs> the impact startled me. with statement there. I love that spot. Fantastic. And I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I'm relieved, man, because for some reason, it felt like they weren't putting Penta and Phoenix together anymore. Kenny Omega got laid yeah, so out and Don Callis gets... But um, it's one thing. I was never in any doubt of that because everywhere these guys have been, well, with the exception of Lucha Underground, because they didn't really acknowledge their relationship, they are the rare case of a team where they can break off do their own thing and then just come back together. They both have yeah. been successful as singles competitors. They've both been successful, obviously, as a tag team. So they've gotten really good over the years at pretty much just being able to transition at a drop of a dime. Yeah. And also, I found out that Pac was out, according to Melissa, Pac's out with an ankle injury. So that's why they brought in Lurito Kid. Yeah. Oh. It actually it's good works to see better. him again because it's been a while since we've seen Lurito Kid in, uh, in AEW. I think it was actually the last time they were all together. This was the last time um, we saw him. Yeah. Ah, looks good. Like I said, very solid stuff happening as far as that mm-hmm. goes. Uh, and yeah, the Lucha Bros, as you see there, they take Omega out. So that's pretty cool. Um, what else happens in CAW? I want to try to wrap up anything. T- Tay Conti winds up killing Nyla Rose. That made me very happy. And then afterwards, Vicky right. winds up sw- sweeping the leg of Taya. And then Nyla attacks her. And then Shido Kenda sticks Taya um, out of the Beast Bomb attempt. And then uh, Bunny shows up. And hits uses a candlestick on Sheeta and Taya, and then Matt Hardy. He sang that the women eliminated tournament was a sham because Bunny wasn't in it. <laughs> so it's interesting. I was thinking about this while this was going on, and it makes sense why I like Matt Hardy's crew more than the Nightmare Family because they make it clearly make it clear make it very clear. These are Matt Hardy's employees, and that's where it stops. So it it opens up more room. For just anybody to show up in there, whereas the Nightmare Family is like, wait a minute, so you fuckers are related to? I guess there's a there's a level of yeah. tomfoolery with this nonsense though, with Matt Hardy and all his heel turns and his changes and all yeah. this this thrown together stable. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it, man. You know, like uh, 
I don't know the whole that that whole thing was kind of weird. The Tay Conti thing is about as good as it gets, and that's because she's really improved coming over here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you then get again, Dar- you guys have been given the chance to. So. Yeah. What else was relevant? We have to talk about everything. We get uh, Darby Rick Baker's interview with Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Well, and that was basically just her talking about. I thought that was kind of silly. It was just her talking about how it's the match that everybody was talking about, and uh, how she even shits on Mick Foley who complimented her on the match <laughs> she was like it took Mick 20 years to become a hardcore legend she did it one night i was like oh yeah poor i Mick. think it's just because i like i just like listening to her heel shit now it's just... and uh cassidy um orange cassidy did make me laugh let me see if i can find a part donkey kong that's gonna make kip yeah that, that right there that part right there killed me oh my god this promo that he has do you hear about the Donkey Kong? Do you hear, do you hear Cassidy's response to it? <laughs> I might have caught all oh, gods. Now I got cat. Damn it. It popped me just because, and they had to have done it on purpose. I 100% expected him to say Mario. Let's listen to this. Gonna come kick our ass, but turns out we're pretty good at getting our asses kicked. Arcade Anarchy. You guys thought you were being smart. You guys thought you were being clever. I suppose it's not how many times you lose in the game. It's whether or not you win at the end. You're more stupid than you look. This is our realm. This is where we thrive. And Miro, you big Donkey Kong looking bastard, which I guess if he's Donkey Kong, that's going to make Kip. Donkey Kong Jr. (laughs) (laughs) I just like Chuck's face. He had to fight not to say Mario. I just like Chuck's face because it was just like he didn't know. He said, oh, okay. You can keep your princess. <laughs> oh, shit. See why people fucking love Cassidy? Because of moments like that. The oh, motherfucker is funny. <laughs> Donkey Kong Jr. If that makes you Donkey Kong, that, just, <laughs> that didn't even make sense. It would make sense for him to be Mario, right? <laughs> oh, my God. It was so stupid that it, it that I enjoyed it. I gotta see Chuck's face one more time. How many times you lose in the game? It's whether or not you win. That be the screenshot. You're more stupid than you look. This is our realm. This is where we thrive. And Miro, you big Donkey Kong looking bastard. Which I guess if he's Donkey Kong, that's gonna make Kip Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> look at his fucking face. I love. That is the look of a man who did not see that coming. He didn't. He was just so surprised that he agreed. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know what? You fucked me right. <laughs> That's that. I didn't think about that face. <laughs> that was so much fun, man, when that shit happened. Donkey Kong Jr. When you get uh, Darby Allen versus uh, John Silver, I believe, is the main event, right? Well, actually, no, you wanted to talk a little bit about the Britt Baker stuff. Oh, uh, we pretty much said about all I really wanted to. It was just like a really good heel promo. Okay. I good, good. took the shot at Mick, so that was kind of what Isn't the Dark Order babyface? Yes, but Darby specifically called them out. Right, but then why did Sting need to hold them at bay when they were having their match? If everyone here is honest and being babyface, it was just weird that the whole thing was Sting has to hold all these guys at bay at ringside, and he's standing there looking threatening over at them. You know, this part, I wasn't even sure. Like, that's the Dark Order, right? The ones with the kid? This part, that part kind of confused me. I was like, wait a minute. What? It was like, they're the ones with the kid, right? That 
are really nice. Just like, okay, <laughs> what the fuck happened thing? You know, don't you nice people dare. Yeah, you, you know, I feel like Sting was having like NWO flashbacks. Like, I've been here, Darby. I've been here. George, nobody's talking about Thunder Rose. She wasn't here this week. Jesus Christ. But uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, fucking Sting was having like fucking old WCW NWO back flashbacks. Tell a Darby in the back. I'm telling you, there's more than five of them. They will get involved. Yeah, that is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> See, I got to go back to it. I wanted to make sure that it's worth looking at. And it is because it's really weird. Let me see if I can get the right thing here. This is these are heel moves here. So here's one heel move. Darby dives and he hits the guy who he's not fighting, who's at ringside. So he takes out an innocent guy. And then he gets German. That's his own fault, because he took out fucking what's his name? That well, guy. Uh, Alan Angels out five. Five, whatever. You know their numbers very well. And then Sting comes out, like if they like if they did some shit wrong and they're all just like, hey man, we're just here, we're just cool. And Sting's looking at them like if like you guys better not fuck around. Like he's having NWO war flashbacks. I'm telling you, Sting was on Sting was at that, like I don't know if y'all thinking about it, but if you was, don't fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess he doesn't trust anybody because he's a vigilante. But he physically goes over there threateningly to those guys. I actually felt bad. I never thought I'd feel bad for the Dark Order. You know? And then, of course, it wouldn't be a Darby match without another fucking crazy suicide. I've actually skipped a few. <laughs> Go watch the match for it, but here's a crazy one right here. Jackson, look, look at, at this Darby shit. Allen, the Topan, Matt Hardy. Jesus, man. Hits Matt Hardy, takes him out there. He's like, I got a freaking friend on the end who's wrestled Darby. He's like, motherfucker, if you understood the level of fear that man does not have, it is terrifying. Yeah. And then to make matters worse, uh, John Silver dislocated his shoulder in that match. Yeah, he um, it looks like he'll be out for about four to six weeks, so not a long time, but still sucks that he got hurt. Yeah, he was standing there with his dislocated shoulder after the freaking match was over. Um, and the post stuff, which I have here, I'll let you guys see, and I'll link you in the chat room. You got to admit, Darby is dangerous. This is as good as it gets. AEW is the place to be. like the star of the fucking dark order i was saying that before we the the tragedy right. even happened i was like that's the one guy that stands out that i recognize all the time that's funny and always doing interesting shit makes it better like, i said that they should have been even with everybody mm-hmm. else i'm always looking forward to see what he does yeah i really like, like it's it still it still killed me on that fucking b and the elite where he was just like they were talking about everything they were gonna spend uh hangman's money on that motherfucker was like you know what you gotta get the condoms because i'll be fucking and i was like what what <laughs> <laughs> That's lying because if you're not paying attention to catching you off guard, hey, wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. So that was AEW and uh, four to six weeks. 
And that brings us from one company to the other because we find out from Regal tweeting, he says, I can confirm this incredibly unfortunate news and make the difficult decision to vacate the NXT tag team title. Furthermore, I will address the state of the titles further tomorrow night on NXT so that NXT tag titles have to get vacated. And uh what else do we have? We had Eel Shirai um, against, who was it? It was a tag match? I forget exactly. It was, it was Eel Shirai and Zoe Stark versus um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Right, right. There are a couple spots here that I wanted to talk about, so I guess I'll bring them up. I'll cue them up here. Uh, Io Shirai and her damn hard moonsault was one of the main ones. You know? <laughs> Let me see if we could get this up here. Because, yeah, she hits fucking hard with that. Look at how hard she comes down. I already got it up here. Now, Io Shirai in a position to capitalize. Comes down like a really boulder. She has... <laughs> Had to be Raquel to take that. Anybody else would have died. Because it's like the way she does hers, she's the only person with her moonsault to where she's she's aiming more downward than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like 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 angles has always been for the height. Other yeah. people you always seen sometimes like the distance with EO. She's the only one where she angles her moonsaults down more than everybody else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it gives it, it gives it that it, it's effect. It's an effective strategy though, because it gives it that extra oomph, and that's why it's so hard to kick out of. Mm-hmm. The star of the show, though, Raquel, as usual, she does that spot that she did before. This time, a different situation, but look at this monstrous shit here. Once again, one-handed power bomb. Eo's getting up to recover on the ropes, but nope, big boot. And now, one-handed power bomb. That is fucking crazy you're holding somebody in a one-handed power bomb and then you run to the ropes to, to hit a big boot and <laughs> that was so much worse because it's not like eo ran to her she ran to eo and fucking big booted her what man goes so still holding a power bomb that very moment where it's like wait a minute is this big bitch running towards me with a whole nother person beautiful stuff there the only thing that would have been more brutal is he would have just threw zoe at fucking eo yeah and then Raquel, she winds up putting fucking uh, Eo into the announce table. She slams her into the announce table, and it doesn't sound like she enjoyed it at all. Eo, who normally sounds cool, calm, and collected, listen to how she sounds here. Sounds completely different from the Eo. I thought it was somebody else at first. Oh my god! But can you blame her? Look at this. This move is so brutal. You could just destroy people. Just sounded like when you lose in a fighting game, right? Like you lose. It's <laughs> <laughs> rough, man. That sounds like one of those things where it's like you're a kid and you fall off your trampoline, and you slam, and it's the first time you ever had the wind knocked out of you. Mm-hmm. So there's like three or four seconds where you convince you're going to die. Oh man, Drake Maverick gets his ass kicked by Walter, leading to Champa challenging way, he Walter. Tweeted the next day, he's alive. Okay, good for him. I'm, I was wondering. And Champa challenges Walter. He accepts. Champa slaps him and winds up getting jumped. They pull his necklace off. What was that necklace? What is that all about? That was all uh, dog tags. Oh, right, right. His dog tags. Okay. Um, Roderick Strong winds up punching Ga- Cameron Grimes to the moon when he's backstage. <laughs> I fucking love this Cameron Grimes. That's not how you do business. Oh, my God. He has easily become the funniest part of NXT. Every time I see him, I get excited. I'm like, all right, you, all right, fucking, fucking camera. Don't let me down this week. 
too damn me. That's so fucking oh, nice. I, I swear to God, I'm more excited to see him than when somebody comes calls in on Skype in WWE now. Oh man, they they stopped the Skype, they stopped the tout, they stopped all yeah. of that, right? Because the motherfuckers know I'll be watching. Like, oh hell yeah! So Kushida winds up losing his match because of interference from uh, Legado de Fantasma, and this causes him to practically decide to throw his life away. Do you see the way he dived? Look at this shit. <laughs> He was so pissed. Look at how he died. It was just like, fuck it all. What <laughs> the fuck is that happened there, man? Oh my God. I'm so angry. I'll just kill myself. Fuck <laughs> it. But um, in one of the coolest ways to announce a match, I love what Shawn Michaels did to basically add to how, uh, how Santos and Devlin are going to decide who's going to be Cruiserweight Champion. Oh because yeah, because he, he he doesn't he didn't say shit. He just did. But I only know if you have the clip ready. Cause I was just showing him about to set it up, but uh, he didn't say anything. Just looked. Yeah, it just shows up. See, that's how the action figure should look. <laughs> yeah, that's a way better Shawn Michaels action figure. I'll buy one if they come out with that one. It's like there were no words that needed to be said. Hold on, ladder out of the ring and slide them, slide into the ring. No words need to be said here. Just there's your ladder. Have fun, boy. Later. <laughs> so yeah, at TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar, Undisputed Cruiserweight Championship ladder match. Oh, yeah. Excellent stuff. God help them. <laughs> you know what I thought about, though, when this match was over? and it, did, it didn't hit me until that moment. Jordan Devlin is now on the same show as the guy who trained him, Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. We got Finn and Mini Finn on the same fucking show. We sure do. That's pretty sure That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So the last thing we really get is the contract signing, right? Yeah. Because uh the stipulation has been named for another ride to hell with uh Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. He talks about the the weight of the things that they did when they were heels and how he wants to make up for it, that they're going to have heat with everyone. And Adam Cole basically finally justifies his actions by saying that Kyle O'Reilly lost his, his uh, sight of what the Undisputed Era represented and it wasn't a brotherhood. It was about the people being the absolute top and that as opposed to being the top, he got complacent and decided that he would like to be just a side character and that he didn't mind doing that, which is why he was so comfortable making friends with Finn Balor and almost recruiting him into the Undisputed Era, something that he was disgusted with and that's not who he was going to be because he's not going to ever perceive himself as a side character and uh Kyle O'Reilly's whole retort to this was just in regards to the fact that like I said before he just he he uh he felt that they did a lot of bad things and and that they're always going to have heat with uh the GMs and the people in the locker room and that for the first time after he does what he has to do he's going to be able to sleep at night so uh a good promo from all of them you know what I mean they're obviously nice stuff here going on on both sides yeah, it's actually no. going to be um, an unsanctioned match at Stand and Deliver. So, yeah, this one's not going to be for the main heart. No, not at all. 
Definitely not. We've seen so what they do in sanction matches to each other. And somehow I'm not surprised in the least, but let me tell you something, Cole. Not one single person is going to be surprised. Look at me in the eyes! Not one single person will be surprised after I beat you into a pulp. And for the first time in damn near four years, I sleep like a baby. At a boy, Kyle. Go ahead, sign that death warrant. I <laughs> like I tell him, go ahead, sign that. I loved it, right? The other show just finished doing that thing where you got to sign something so that they're not responsible. And it's always brutal when these two fight. So, for those who are new to this feud, Understand the last time we saw these guys fight, Cole tapped out. Cole got tapped out by an armbar by a Kylo Riley that was laying in thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. Put the fucking kids to bed when this match starts. Yeah, absolutely. And then it didn't end there. Holy violence. And then it didn't end there. That was just all the time that they had on the USA Network. This shit continued, and uh, it gets a, it gets really bad already. And I'm not even going to spoil it. I'm not going to sh- let you oh, see. God. Yeah, I saw this. I'm going to do this right here, right now. So Kyle gets back in the ring, this right? this whole thing began for you and me. The PC, the CWC. I don't give a damn what you want to call it, Cole. Of course. I'm behind the security. I'm behind the producers, the agents. The powers that be don't want us to go at it. Now Why? So let's look what happens when Cole comes out here. So he's hitting all of the security, right? Yep. He punched out Regal. Good God. Wow, he punched Regal. I didn't see that shit coming. Ate that one too. (laughs) He knocked him on his ass. Like if he was just another dude there. This is going to be uncomfortable. That's heat right there. No, you never get rid of your heat. (laughs) Somebody is not walking away from this shit. All right. This Mm -hmm. is not going to be your little street fights or your no holes bards. These are two guys who understand people are going to try to fucking kill each other. And one might fucking succeed with the stuff I've seen them do to each other. Mm-hmm. We'll see where this goes. Dynamite did 757,000 viewers versus NXT 678,000 views. So it's getting close. Dynamite dropped. NXT rose a little, I believe. Yeah. Been oh. close quite a bit lately. So. Smackdown. Uh, 
we had Edge and Daniel Bryan, with Edge calling Daniel Bryan the son of a bitch, and basically, uh, Daniel winds up getting physical first in this confrontation, and then, uh, Edge winds up basically hitting him with a spear. Uh, anything else I've seen there? We got Rollins. I like Rollins' new thing that he doesn't like people Rollins shaming. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Like, don't Rollins shame. Rollins shame. Like, that is fantastic. Uh, he goes over, uh, Nakamura, right? And then he winds up after yeah. the match picking the bones, and this causes Cesaro to return for a run. And it's funny how they're already returned, referring to Cesaro as Nakamura's former tag team partner. I never even knew they broke up. Right, like, what is up with them just, like, breaking up tag teams and then not even telling anybody until they're already supposedly long broken up? Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite things happens in this, and that's Biggie's intro with the Street Profits. <laughs> Let me see if I could cue this up. This is definitely one of the... You see how they came in? I, 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 I would travel everywhere great. like that. I wish I had two guys. I would just enter every store like that. <laughs> Let me see if I can find this. Hold on. Stasis, you remember that shit. <laughs> Look at how they you do here, see man. See ready to go. You just go. And his tag team partner, Angel I was ro- I had to rewind it. I was feeling this intro so much. It's when they come down the ramp that it won me over. And I was like, yep, so this needs to be in the game as a, con- as a custom intro. Uh-huh. Look at look at him! Look at him slide across the fucking. Now watch this. <laughs> Swim! <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> that is fucking dope. Oh man, I love that intro. I love those guys' fucking oozing charisma. There, fantastic. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh. After the match, the match doesn't even matter. After the match, I will always remember. Is Rollins a comedy character now? I don't even know anymore. Is I mean, you make like me laugh, just, but... Because he makes me laugh. Did you see what happened to him backstage? Oh, my God. This was the this was my favorite part of SmackDown. Are you kidding me? Listen to him. For all that happened to me tonight will never happen again. I will never be disrespected. I will never be embarrassed. And I will never... Ever be swung by Cesaro again? Never, 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 never. never. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't believe he fucking immediately. It was just like, are you shitting me right now? I love how everybody's just waving it off. Like you can't wave it off. He's swinging it. What are you waving off, ref? Oh my god. That was easily the greatest thing I saw. After that, they could have just cut the cameras right there. I'd have been satisfied. When someone needs to meme that shit, when New Year's resolutions don't work out. <laughs> fucking here it goes. <laughs> New Year's resolutions, so... Rollins. Reality's fucking here. I will never be swamped. Oh! <laughs> oh my god. So while I'm thinking about it, I don't know if we'll have time to play it. But it involves Jay Uso. Did you see what I sent you? No, I did not. Oh, I think I know Yo. what it, I, I think I might have an idea what it was. Let me see when if I have we it here. Get to, if we if we have time, if we don't, no biggie. But 
I fucking was crying. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'll see if we can bring because I don't have it on cue, but yeah, that was that was I know exactly what it is. <laughs> Holy shit. Bianca Belair hit Sasha Banks so hard, so fucking hard, that she knocked the boss jewelry off of her. I had to go back to find out what flew off of her. I was like, what happened there? It's like she knocked the boss jewelry off of clean into the Thunderdome. Like she knocked that shit off. It was like amazing. Watch this. Look at this. She hit her. Yo, and you know what I love about this? If you go back right before the slap, she did some real black folk shit. Did you see her line it up with her left hand? Yeah, yeah. She wanted to make like, sure she got like, the like a, like a fucking red dot sight. <laughs> he was trying to get the achievement for the slap. It was crazy. <laughs> like for those who understand, this, this this is some like oh my god, it's like a hood shit. She lines it up. She puts her left hand out, and it's like she's giving herself like a ping. It's just all, all the while. See, what is the left hand is distraction, so you don't see the freaking right hand coming from fucking Narnia. <laughs> Yep. That's why, that's why she was able to slap her so hard because she came from so far back without anybody noticing. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. crazy shit. So then, in regards to the Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns uh fucking Edge thing, predictably it becomes a triple threat match. I think we all knew. Which yeah. anytime you take a WrestleMania match and you make it more than a one-on-one, it's just never as good of a match as it would have been if you didn't do that. The more people you add, the worse the matches. So already the values diminished. They're like, not going to show Daniel me Bryan and all, but there's no reason he should be in this match. They're not going to show me an old clip of Daniel Bryan beating Randy Orton and Batista and be like, "Look how good it was," because it wasn't. It wasn't good. It was just that it was relieved that that that, that they we had to fucking strong arm them into that direction. They like, need to stop reminiscing about shit that they didn't want to do, you know. Um, but yeah, it becomes a triple threat. It turns into a brawl. Edge nearly concertos everyone. They're lucky that they got away. But he was ready to concerto motherfuckers out there. It's the here's where kind of an issue with this thing comes everybody's like yeah edge turned heel and it's like did he or is this just anybody with common sense would do because when you look at this daniel bryan lost the royal rumble same when the edge was in that he won okay then he lost the match at elimination chamber i mean it came right after a chamber it's not surprising but he lost the match at fast lane too so at a certain point do you keep letting somebody insert themselves into your shit or do you start checking people? Because I don't know about you, but if you stick your nose in my business enough time, I'm going to just start wailing on your ass with a chain. Oh, yeah. No, I... I... Like, it, it's not a heel turn. It's, I'm sick of you getting in my shit, and I am pissed. <laughs> but they're definitely trying to... They can't decide if they want it to be, but they're definitely sort of pushing it as if it's a, a semi-quasi heel turn. Because even after mm-hmm. that... Like the part where he's in the ring at the end of that, like Beth Phoenix like tweeted out that photo uh, along with the with the text, what did you do? You know, so it's like they're definitely yeah, so going out of the way of making it look like it's not good. You that, know what that, I mean? That, like that's they're why not, they're trying to make it into a heel turn, even though it's not. But yeah, like, which they yeah. I don't know why you have to fucking turn him heel. Like, they don't. It's not going to. That wouldn't they, be a good there's idea. There's no reason to. Like, so what? Roman's going to be the fucking face, and it's like get, get the fuck out of here. Like this is what this is my problem. This is going back to the fucking peacock head. Stop touching. Shit. No, I agree because with you. Because all yeah. you're doing is making it work. 
Yeah, no. Like I said, you know, they're not, they're going to make it worse on their dollar, not mine. You know, because that is a dead issue for me. Like I, I I completely, I'm abolished of that nonsense. Once I realized that stuff wasn't just getting auto ported over, I was done right there. So, Mm -hmm. oh my God. So I don't know. Do we have time for it? Because if we do, if we do, I have the setup right. We have the time. I just don't have the the clip. That's the that's the issue. I'm trying to see if I could grab it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, um, I think I sent you on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> so, but while you're doing that, I'll set I'll set up the bills for you. So um, <laughs> there's a channel on YouTube. It's it's kind of like when we discovered it because it was kind of they they were doing similar to a uh, Botchamania. It was wrestling dumb shit, but the, um, the channel's known as uh, It Begins Again. So this it's this guy that's kind of like, he's become notorious for just reacting to stuff that happens during Raws and Smackdowns. So I think it might have been Saturday or so, I come across this clip, and it's of Jay Uso making his entrance. Yeah, I don't now, I'm, getting, I'm getting it. Let me see if... Oh, yeah. yeah. It'll you're take a good. minute to, to Oh, no, yeah, you're here. good. <laughs> but... Uh, so everybody knows, of course, the whole the whole soul glow thing comes from an old thing they did with uh, Mick Foley, where he looked like he looked like he had a Jerry curl. So I don't know how they pulled this off. I give him credit for even getting the fucking arena effect into this shit. But next thing you know, they clipped this shit from Jay Uso's entrance, and it had to have been the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was on the floor crying by the time it was over. Because I, I'll never forget, I just messaged Rick, I sent him the clip, and I'm like, they got him too! It might be easily one of the funniest things, and I'm so sad that it wasn't real, because it would be the, it would be my favorite part of SmackDown every fucking week. Like, holy shit, this thing kills <laughs> It's like, the thought you had to do, the thought you had to go through for this shit is amazing. Yeah. It's so funny. Do I have it? Let me see if I grabbed it. Like I said, I like to pull things into our system now. Yeah, then we all gotta deal with the ads and shit. And I mean, yeah, George, he's supposed to be a heel, but it doesn't make sense for him to be a heel. Like, if somebody's sticking their nose in your business, you're going to kind of beat them out of it. But yeah, under their circumstances, he's a heel. And it's like, no, Daniel's just stuck his nose in his business too many times. Like, you had your chance. I won this. I earned this title shot. You had multiple chances at it. Stop it. Okay, here it comes. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like it's actually there. You know why? You know how they do that? That's that's well. That's how we used to download music for the old games when the old systems allowed it. You can use audio tools and you can add e- arena verb yeah. to the to the tracks. That so little on, ambient you echo sound so that it sounds like they're in the arena. <laughs> they just like, like, if you go on YouTube and search up almost any wrestler's theme music, you could find the arena effect versions. That one. It's, that just, one, it's so funny because when I saw it, I'll never forget. I messaged Rick and I was like, they got J2. Because oh, I'll never so forget. That's, our, that's probably one of our favorite clips was when they soul glowed Mick Foley. Oh man! <laughs> he fucking got 
So SmackDown did 2.31 million viewers, up from last week's 1.945 million, 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic. This one did uh same thing, 0.5, but at 2.1 million. So there you go. Finally, that brings us to Raw. Yeah, which I appreciate y'all taking time to let me just share that with y'all because I had to do it. Oh, my God, that was great. <laughs> Last week's Raw did 1.82 million viewers. We'll see what happens this week. Bobby, <laughs> this La- drop. Bobby Lashley came out. And I got to say, he looks like a million bucks. You know, I lo- love the way he looks, his intro and everything. It looks like a champion comes through, which I haven't seen that in a dude long time. comes out and I'm like, is this the second coming? Like, no, it's like, oh, it's Lashley. Okay, never mind. Yeah, him and MVP went up scolding Shelton Benjamin and Cedric for being losers, essentially. And it comes to blows and the her business breaks up like right there. They couldn't wait to end that shit, huh? <laughs> which then would basically turn into... It's going to be um, Lashley and Shelton tonight, and then Lashley and Cedric next week. Just to clean them up, basically. And, uh, Just to do our two ass women. Yeah, Riddle scootering backstage with Titus. He comes up more as a Jason Muse, like from Jay and Silent Bob, than a Mad Riddle at this point, you know? <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know why there's too much comedy there. Cedric tells Pierce, where's your sack, Pierce? When he's trying to get the match. I love that line, where's your sack? Um... And then we talked about it earlier. Shane really brings out a fucking fifth grade report card. I don't know what's worse. The fact that Shane brings out a fifth grade report card to mock his his rival in this feud or the fact that Braun actually gets angered. It's a fifth grade report card. What are you do? You like your children. You're acting like fifth graders in this. See, you know, how I dumb like is that? Cocky, see, see, I like cocky, cowardly heel Shane. This has not been cocky, cowardly heel the last few times, but it's been just irritating. Very irritating. Didn't like it at all. You know, I, also, I, feel, I, feel like I feel like it's disrespecting the attitude era Shane to call this cocky, cowardly heels. And what's with this shit where, where Braun runs by the, the outside? I hear choo choo train. Are they, they fucking crazy? I didn't catch they it last week. Though. Are they crazy? See, this is what so I, whoever's on that fucking button board cut their fingers off. I don't fucking train, I, I man. How, I love how they're making it even worse. Did you catch it right before it happened? Braun goes, whoa, whoa. Fuck. I, don't mind it. I I just started getting used to the fucking ricochet and ricochet music. Shane versus Braun's gonna be in a steel cage, but who cares? God, nobody. Miz and Morrison have a Miz TV episode where they unveil their show. Hey, hey, hip hop. Is it Miz TV or is it the the fucking yeah, it, I, dirt I, I sheet? Or all I know is I went and I took a really long time making a sandwich during this shit. Yeah, it was. I I like that music. It was alright. I think it was interesting. It was entertaining. Bad Bunny even <laughs> likes it. Bad Bunny, I know a lot of the dirt sheets were reporting that Bad Bunny shoot punched the Miz in the face. I don't think so. I mean, I watched the punch, and I mean, the trick to punches like that is like right at the point of collision, you catch him behind their ear around their neck. And I'm pretty sure that's what he did. That's exactly what you he know? did. It's like I, people don't watch enough wrestling and haven't been in enough fights. I guess that's the New Yorker in me, but it's like it wasn't a punch you know what i mean very good and it goes to show bad money knows but i've seen even cornet talk about that that's how you throw a proper punch you know yeah, what he's I mean? learning quick oh, oh, right here my buddy you look at it right there oh, oh, right here my buddy yeah i keep fine you know they got a good angle on it is what happened oh yeah and I was just surprised by how many people they're still able to work nowadays. Let's be real. With some of these with dirt sheets, it's not hard. You know, there's like tons of podcasts out there. What kind of dribble are you filling your community's minds with if they fucking see that? And they're like, ooh, legit punch. 
I'm just saying, they sure enough thought Gargan was going to be at a takeover that one time. Yeah. Shelton gets killed by Lashley in his match. Lashley even kicks out of pay dirt. (laughs) Buried. Yeah, completely buried him. I guess I expected everything to happen that way it does. Um, You got that New Day game thing with AJ and Omas where they play charades. I love the fact that the first charade thing was a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. Like, what? How the fuck did he get that? And he did, like, was like, that was like they trolled the shit out of him with that first one, right? It was just like, there's nothing. And he did like little hands jumping up and down, like almost like bunny hands. I don't even know. I didn't even get the reference of what he did. They made it so obscure. It was like impossible. And he was just like, a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. Like, wait, what? I just love that he guessed the artist first. That's what killed me. I motherfucker said Vanessa Carlton. It was like, who? Oh man, that is amazing. And I just love it. It 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 caught me off guard at first, but it made more sense at the end. The fact that fucking Omos just refused to fucking participate. Yeah, yeah. He, he wouldn't even. At the end, he was like, "What the fuck are we doing? It's only gonna matter when we win at WrestleMania." I felt bad for AJ and the Lion King one though, because I wouldn't know how to do that. Like, I like if I had to do the Lion King, how do you do the Lion King? Right? There's like nothing in there that you could do that would specifically mean the Lion King. The only thing he could have done was freaking like got on top of a ladder and have somebody just go "Long live the king!" Fucking. But you can't <laughs> say anything, you know. You can't do shit. I was thinking that too, but I was like, shit, he wouldn't know that that's freaking Mufasa going off the cliff. There's almost nothing that you could do. Fucking Omos kills the new day. Unless you just walk on all fours, bobbing your head from side to side, eating bugs, and then he might just think you're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> the fly? Is it the fly? Which at that point... With Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum in the fly! You're Jeff Goldblum in the fly! No? Okay. Which, God, you imagine getting that wrong if you do that shit? Like, bitch, I was Timon and Pumba. Like, what the... Oh, yeah, Stacey just did a good charade. Well, that's true. Just hold up. Just hold up, like, with, like do the motion of holding up the baby Simba, and then and then run around, do the other one where you're kneeling. That would get it, right? They'd have to understand that. Oh, shit. That'd yeah, be brilliant. Roar. I can't look at us. That's how interesting we We're talking about how fucking AJ could have won the worked charades fight against New Day. <laughs> We're not even talking about the match. We're talking about how could he have won that charades match? Yes, charades match against the fucking New Day. That's where we are. The charades went on forever, too. I was like, yo, they're still doing this. Yeah, like Omaz didn't give a fuck. He didn't even want to identify the sun, and I'm sure he knew what it was. Oh, that shit killed me when he was just like, oh, this one's the easy one. He just drew the sun, and I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, and Omas winds up throwing Kofi Kingston over the barricade into the Thunderdome. Everybody likes to go into that, right? Right. See, that's where it's starting to bore me with that thing. It's just like, like, okay, we know. They can just go into the crowd willy-nilly. Doesn't mean you have to do it all the time. Yeah, as a matter of fact, don't do it. Drew McIntyre, beltless Drew McIntyre, storms the locker room all angry, beating up people. Um, was that fucking, uh, what's his name? They used to wear Roberto a cape. Carrillo? Yeah. Yeah, I saw pictures of him on the internet a few that weeks ago. He was huge now. Yeah, when I saw him, I was like, who's that? Isn't it fucked up that he still, that he worked out that hard? Clearly he did that for himself. And they put him in, the first thing that we see him in is like, he kind of stepped up to McIntyre and then McIntyre whips his ass, throws him into a couch that flips over and goes, who's going to take this seriously? <laughs> and that was it. Yep. <sighs> Darren, I'm in NXT's looking real great. Damn, man. They gave him a cape, though. And, 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 and to think, they're going to probably scrub that from Peacock, you know, right? Why? Because the couch got harmed? Who fucking knows? Maybe some parent out there will think it's a casting couch. We don't fucking know. So he winds up getting a match with Ricochet. Uh, but meanwhile, we have the Rio Oscar contract signing where 
Rhea flips the table and she looks like she hit Oscar in the face. Did Oscar get shoot hit in the fucking face again? I don't know if she did. But then again, truth be told, every time I've seen that table get flipped over, is there a look? And then she stood on, and that also looked bad with her just laying on the ground the whole for the rest of the promo. Like I, like I, I don't know if, if the booking was shitty again or if she was legitimately fucking hurt. I feel like the booking was probably shitty again, or she might have got maybe both. I don't know. I'm going on the dirt sheets right now while I'm talking to you. It's like I, I don't even know anymore. Like, I mean, I don't see anything about it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Shit booking. Apparently, breaking news. Breaking news that wasn't reported before we got on here, but apparently Andrade was was. Positive for COVID nineteen when he got released. But, I mean, he asked yeah. for his release. It's not like they decided to yeah. do it, you know. And yes, Samoa Joe was replaced on commentary this week. We had MVP out there the entire time. And uh, yeah, the other thing was that Charlotte apparently I forget what the exact thing was. I don't remember the terminology scientifically. Normally, I'm good with that in here today. I'm in a rush. But uh, apparently, what happened with Charlotte for anybody that was wondering was that she had a uh, what is it called? She had high levels of uh do you remember what it's called? No. <laughs> um no, George, she she's not. They made a mistake. They fucked up. But uh, um Right. Whatever it was that she had high levels of is what you get when uh you're pregnant, right? So she physical came up with high levels of that shit. Sorry, I'm a guy. But physical came up with that. And there was, so then she took tests, but she wasn't pregnant. But I guess they pulled her from the mania thing as a precaution, which to me is still stupid. You know, like they can make sure of it with lazy evidence and turn it into an angle. And, but yet yeah, they, <sighs> yeah. But anyway, that's what actually happened with her. Not estrogen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know estrogen. Bam. Now we're gonna get a bunch of bad guesses. This is all my fault. <laughs> you fucked up. If, if I don't get the right shit here, her HCG levels had come back high, so she was being medically suspended for pregnancy. Then she took several home tests that all came back negative, and then blood work was done in an ultrasound confirming there was no pregnancy. But for some reason, HCG levels were high, which would lead a doctor to believe she is pregnant. This is what happened. Uh, and that was it. That's the reason. But yeah, Andrade was apparently positive. He said, I had COVID-19 and my girlfriend tested positive. I'm good. I mean, I guess it would make sense. I keep forgetting. Yeah, Charlotte had it recently. So yeah, obviously they would have it. Yeah. It's almost unavoidable at that point. Uh, but yeah, poor Oscar. There's no report of her having a broken face. So good for her. They just shitty booking with her laying across the ground in her robe like that throughout the entire promo. I hated that. Um, I'm going to still see if maybe by next week something developed there because I thought that was horrible. Drew winds up killing Ricochet. Hitting him with, of course, the Claymore. And then Ali comes out in completely new attire. Um, and he wants a match with Drew, which makes him look like shit because he's fighting Drew who already went through one match. Drew winds up headbutting him out of the air. Did you catch that when he headbutted him out of the air? Yeah. It's funny because Stacey was like, well, what did he think was going to happen? I was like, not that he get headbutted out of the air. You know, I, don't, I was kind of like, I, I don't think that many people when they, when they take flight think, hope no one headbutts me. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, hey, on that note, happy birthday, Ali. Fucking. Yeah, happy birthday. They headbutt. Oh, you know, gets a midair headbutt for his birthday. Yeah. Like I said, I was surprised. So I'm mad. Can imagine how he'd feel. It's like, yeah, last thing I thought, I thought many things. I thought maybe he'd move all kinds of shit, but headbutt me he out of the air. Me? No, forehead. I guess you could just rule off going up top with him then. You know, like at that point, it's like, fuck it. <laughs> um, he winds up calling out Lashley. Lashley comes out and it's funny because he's like, I know MVP's in your ear. 
But MVP's at ringside, right behind you. It actually zooms in on him when you're like, I know he's in your ear. He's not in his ear at all, unless he's wearing a headset, you know. But Drew and Lashley wind up facing off, which leads to a brawl. And then surprisingly, King Corbin comes in, who's the man who stepped up from the bounty. He comes from SmackDown, and he went with the deep six on Mac. But then they get the roles reversed here, because even though King Corbin's the one who steps up for the bounty, for some reason, Lashley's the one who has uh, Mac in the hurt lock. And... It's Corbin, the one who's supposed to be the assassin, who's going, get him, go right, take him on. He's just cheering him on. It's like, if this is the way it's supposed to be, which Stacey's point on, then Lashley should, Lashley should be the one cheering him on, the hired hand for doing it, not the other fucking way around. They broke up the Hurt Business for this guy's. Yeah, it's funny, because I scrolled past a dirt sheet article just now when I was looking to see if Oscar was her, where it was basically explaining why MVP says that Randy Orton will never be in the Hurt Business. But this article's posted after all. There is no fucking Hurt Business. That's the main reason why he won't be in it. It's not her business to be in. Is that it? Was that the end of Raw? That was the end, but there's one thing I just realized we forgot to talk about. That was probably the funniest thing I saw on Raw all night. Oh, please, by all means. Riddle forgot his lines. That wasn't just them being funny? No! Are you sure? Yes! The way he delivered that shit, there's no fucking way they were trying to be funny. Marijuana affects people in many different ways. <laughs> And I'm not even saying that I'm against it. But what I'm saying is that if you're someone who can be affected by marijuana or any your choice of party thing like that, pick a different thing. I'm not even saying say no to drugs. I'm saying say no to the, say no to the ones that don't do right by you. Because it's not just forgetting what you were going to say. It's not having something else to say. Oh you couldn't just go God. somewhere else? You don't improv? What is it with wrestlers not being able to improv? You can't forget what you were going to say. Maybe talk a little bit more and then eventually double back to what it was. You you fucking, that was it. It was just gone. Oh, my God. It was just I gone. Haven't... Are you I sure haven't... that's what? That can't I be what happened, so man. Hard. It can't be. And it was awkward. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember. Yo, but I just thought that was him. Because he was like, I he went up to Oscar and he was like, hey. Do you think that they like scooters like this in Japan? Do you think it will be very popular? And she was like, yes. And he was like, uh, I forgot what I was, what I was saying. And he just scooted off that dude, bro. I hope that was fucking planned. I, I refuse to believe a company that will make us buy Peacock again, playing that shit. But they're the same people who had what? Oscar laying face down for an entire promo. Exactly. <laughs> it's stupid enough to where I believe it wasn't planned. It had to be them, right? The, it can't be and, that and, riddle and, for God's sake. And, and, and the best no part way. about it is, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how I know, I'm gonna tell you how I know it wasn't planned. Oscar didn't know what the fuck to do. She sat there for like ten seconds, like, was that it? <laughs> I was never sure if their backstage stuff was still done in real time. You're telling me with all the production control that they have now, that the backstage stuff is going live with the Thunderdome feed? Oh. <laughs> The only thing that would make sense for you to actually have full fucking control over, since it's backstage, that you could actually do multiple takes of and just throw it into the program. And I appreciate the live vibe that you're trying to give, but it doesn't work since you're thunderdoming everything. And you literally, you have that backstage shit live? We're live, pal. Like Sid, like Sid had oh. to be, the news had to be broken to Sid that one time, remember? Mid-promo, he was like, oh, I fucked up. Let me do it again. And drug in. We're live, pal. <laughs> That's terrible. That's fucking wonderful. Yeah, I'm looking here to oh. see if there's anything on that. I'm Matt Riddle forgetting his lines. What are my lines? Like, like, like Orton oh. then? Oh, no, it's on the dirt sheet. So, shit. <laughs> there's no fucking... Oh, oh like, my there's God. There's no way that was playing out. 
First of all, I, it irritated me. So obviously that's a given that it wasn't planned. <laughs> that was my dead giveaway. I laughed. I was like, no, you fuckers didn't plan that shit. <laughs> oh, no, man. But he couldn't just come up with other fucking lines. You know what the bad part about this? The way they have you run through that shit, he probably would have got heat for that the way this company is. You didn't say your designated lines. Well, I couldn't think of it, so I had to think of something. But it's the designated lines. Just say anything, though. Anything's better than saying, I forgot my lines, and then and skating then you know, off. They're like, you're losing your title to slap nuts. And I was like, what? Oh, God. Remember the episode of Friends <laughs> where Ross was, like, on a date, and he didn't say anything? He was like, you better say something. Say something. Oh, my God. So much time has gone by, and you still haven't said anything. <laughs> and he was thinking that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand my favorite part of that whole thing was fucking oscar's face because she was not prepared for that shit and it's so bad because riddle never forgets his lies i'm like what happened i mean it's not a fucking monday night raw air and that motherfucker short-circuited for a second i'm getting this i have to get this before we get off here i don't care how late yes. it is now that i realize it's an actual <laughs> botch like this is this is important man we need to watch this on this fucking show <laughs> Cause I just thought that I thought they just said fuck it. He's Jason Mewes from now on. No, S- snoochy no. boochies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just throw that happening there. I would have never even thought it was just <laughs> that would have been good. See, even Stacey's had. I would have popped for that. We would have been watching it anyway if that would have happened. Imagine that if he would have just gotten her and pulled her, pulled out another scooter, and the two of them scoot away together. Oh, oh my god. Oh man. Hold on, yeah. Let me feed this shit into the system. Yes, because we we need you for those who didn't see it. You need to understand how magical this was. Yeah, I'm pulling it in now. I'm, I'm my mind is blown. <laughs> so it's real. <laughs> oh god! No one should get that high, and I don't care. People forget your lines, especially. But to have nothing else that you could just say out of your human soul. <laughs> anyway, here we go, man. I can't believe this. Yeah, I'm a little sore and a little beat up, but hey, at least I get to fight Sheamus at WrestleMania. And check it out, I got my scooter working again. Oh, we're nice. Oh, you like? Yeah. Hey, you think people would like these in Japan? You think scooters are big in Japan? Yeah. Yeah. You think? <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot what I was saying. Look at us now. Don't know what to do. Why a riddle? Wow. <laughs> I just I a fucking clue what happened. Like, wait a minute, that's it? I thought there was Holy shit. That's I'm I'm sharing in the channel for you guys, man. My God. I, don't, I don't know what to say anymore. I never even thought to bring that up if it wasn't for you because I legit just figured that was just part of how they designed his character to be. Oh it God. seemed too fucking crazy. You know what it is? I I, I, I think about how I forgot how he forget, um, forgot his line. This character is so fucking stupid at this point. The way they've just added a bunch of dumb shit that nobody asked for. At that point, I'd forget my fucking lines too. Tell me about it. God. Shocked, man. Absolutely shocked. But yeah, this has definitely gone on longer than I wanted it to. But that's only because we kept finding side shit. Not, no thanks to them. Ready to wrap up here? Yep, that's it. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you to everyone joining us. And don't forget, as usual, every Monday night, after Raw, 11.30 p.m., 
Eastern Standard Time. We'll be here. Don't forget, even though it's in two weeks, you can always count on us to be in the chat room for the pay-per-views, and there'll be post-shows for both WrestleMania nights, as always. Uh, as well as we'll see what we could do as far as programming or what we'll be implementing the content for the uh, NXT takeovers and all of that other stuff, which you'll also have to look forward to. And then, of course, this week we're going to be doing more streaming. Uh, we have a lot of content that we're trying to knock out of the box. If you've been following our other stuff going on throughout the week, we have a bunch of cool stuff. So tune in for all of that. Thank you to everybody that's been listening in the chat room. Uh, all of you guys, including uh, Christian Pre and Blitch Pike, Willie V2, Six Slayer, George Z, Stasis Dreams, Bloodluster, Brittany Mode, and of course, all of you listening across iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Twitch, and Facebook. And of course, all various other platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 447, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. Bye, Peacock. Shut it down. <laughs>